Recorded on Tuesday, February 23rd, 2016. Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode number 12. Yes, that horror comedy episode. I am your host, Tim Kaz, and with me, as always, is Christopher Cookie Koenig. Have we got an episode for you this month, my little chickadees? So sit back and get ready to giggle with us. Hey, Chris, what's going on with you, sir? Oh, not much. Just a usual day here at the recording studio, getting ready to talk about two great little horror comedies. That uh, Tim's holding up right here, showing to me. In case you don't see the visual, it's him holding one title <laughs> in one hand and the other title. We're not going to say. Well, I'm sure our plot, our little synopsis on the uh, our website will tell you what we're talking about. But we'd rather still keep it a little bit of a secret. <laughs> yeah, for another thirty seconds. For another thirty seconds, yes. Uh, but what about you, there, Tim? I'm super. Thanks for asking. I'm super. Thanks for asking. All things considered, I couldn't be better. I'm a thing. I'm feeling super. Nothing bugs me. Everything is super when you're. Don't you think I look cute in this hat? <laughs> well, just like you, we're preparing for this episode. And oh, if you haven't seen the Amazon series Man in a High Castle, I would highly recommend you do so. It's really good. That's really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's about when the if, if the Nazis and the and the Japanese took over. Um, won the war, and they take over America, and they split up half and half. You know, Nazis take New York and the Midwest, and the Japanese take the you know the southern states, <laughs> the eastern states. So it's really, really, it's an interesting take, and uh, I, I, I suggest you guys take it out, check it out if you can. Okay. But anyway, uh, but I digress. Um, why don't we flip on that old or the old boob tube and head over to what we watch segment. Stand by for the most extraordinary chain of events ever swept up into high adventure. Hey, Larry, where's the forklift? Forklift! It's over there for the baggage water. Airplane. Airplane is drama. Uh, this is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on your Chicago flight 209 or a little girl named Lisa Davis en route to Minneapolis. She's scheduled for a heart transplant. I want you to make sure that she's kept in a reclined position and that a continuous watch is kept on her IV. Airplane is action. Airplane is romance. I love you, Elaine. I love you. Airplane is music. There is only one river. There is only one sea. Airplane is dancing. Never has the screen been so big. 
You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I can make half. What a brooch. What a pterodactyl. Could you um... Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. Julie Haggerty. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. Come down. Get a hold of yourself. Calm down. Now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this cop. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Don't be one of them. Everything's All right, now everybody, get in crash positions. The most incredible adventure the screen has ever created. The big news is airplane. recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh dear, nothing left. What shall we throw in now? Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. But what about your grandfather's work, sir? My grandfather's work was doodle! Peter Boyle as the monster. As Igor. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Loris Leachman as Frau Blucher. You played that music in the middle of the night? Yes! To get us into the laboratory? Yes! And it was you who left my grandfather's book out for me to find? Yes! So that I would? Yes! Then you and Victor were? Say it. He was my boyfriend! <laughs> As Inga. Would you like to have a roll in the hay? Roll, roll, roll in the hay. Kenneth Mars as the inspector. And Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. Where am I? <sighs> Calm down. What are you going to do to me? <sighs> I'm not afraid of you. Listen, I, 
I'm, I have to be back by 11.30. I'm expecting a very important call. Killable staff! Stop it, Castle! It's midnight! See Mel Brooks, Young Frankenstein. Yes, I think we could all use a good laugh. But don't see it alone. Don't miss Young Frankenstein, personally directed by Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks in black and white. No offense. Chris, take it away, bud. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. All right. Well, the movie I'll be talking about is none other than the comedy classic Airplane, made in 1980, written and directed by David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams. Uh, you know, at first when I was thinking about what I'll be talking about for our What Have We Watched segment, I honestly didn't have any specific film planned. But, you know, one day I was transferring my old VHS copy of the ever-so-rare TV edit of Airplane to DVR and uh, for preservation purposes, and uh, I decided I would watch it while the copy was being made. Um, it can be said that the spoof movie would not have been perfected had it not been for these three guys that made this movie. And yet before creating sub- su- uh, such gems like Top Secret and the Naked Gun trilogy, uh, Zucker, Zucker, and Abram started out as three nobodies who wound up writing the hysterically funny The Kentucky Fried Movie in 1977 oh my God. with a young John Landis in the director's <laughs> chair. But before that particular film's conception, the three had written the script entitled Airplane, which was a spoof of the 1957 disaster film Zero Hour, which featured Dana Andrews and Sterling Hayden. Uh, After the success of the Kentucky Fried movie, the script for Airplane made its way to Paramount Pictures and got the green light, with David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams serving as both writers and directors on the project. Now, just in case any of you listeners aren't familiar with the plot for Airplane, and if you aren't familiar with this movie, then please do yourself a favor and watch it. Um, X-Fighter pilot Ted Stryker, played by Robert Hayes, (laughs) is trying to patch up his relationship with stewardess Elaine, played by Julie Haggerty, but she rejects him because Stryker cannot get over his fear of flying, which is a result of this traumatic experience he received during the war. Uh, Elaine is working on a late-night flight headed to Chicago, and Stryker buys a ticket, boards the plane, and proceeds to bore most of the passengers over his stories about how he met Elaine and his war experience. In the meantime, while the plane is en route to Chicago, Captain Over, played by Peter Graves, and Roger Murdoch, played by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> as well as some of the passengers, become sick due to eating contaminated fish, as diagnosed by Dr. Romek, played by Leslie Nielsen. In the meantime, Control Tower Supervisor Steve McCroskey, played by Lloyd Bridges, and Flight Expert Rex Kramer, played by Robert Stack, attempt to figure out how to solve this dilemma. Despite the plane being I'm kept, <laughs> I know it, it's hard even to do this seriously. But despite the plane being kept in air via the automatic pilot, some somebody needs to land the plane, and it's up to Ted Stryker to overcome his fear of flying and take over. Um, if you want a perfect spoof of airplane-themed disaster movies of the '70s and an intentionally hilarious love triangle, not, airplane not only fits the bill, but it's a spoof that has never been topped. It's right up there with such lovable early '80s comedies like Used Cars and Caddyshack. I won't go into my review mentioning the film's nuances or subtext because there isn't any. Everything is done for a laugh as the jokes as, as the jokes come fast and furious. And it's fun to see veteran performers Peter Graves, Leslie Nielsen, Lloyd Bridges, Robert Stack, and Kenneth Toby play the roles completely straight 
as the situations get funnier by the minute. It's also filled with some great quotable dialogue, like Peter Graves asking a young boy such questions like, Joey, you ever watch movies about gladiators? Or, Joey, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Or, uh, Joey, you ever been in a Turkish prison? Or when Leslie Nielsen says, we need to get this woman to a hospital, which a stewardess asks, a hospital, what is it? And Nielsen responds, it's a building with patients in it. But that's not important right now. Really, there is nothing else I can say about this one, except it still holds up after all these years, and it is indeed a spoof comedy classic. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I'm, sorry. I'm, 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 I'm like crying, crying well, right now because I, I remember laughing. in the movie. We are, yeah, I know. When I, again, I'm sure we'll talk about it soon, but it's doing a serious plot synopsis for this movie is just difficult, <laughs> and even reading it is even harder. Oh, but man. before we talk about Airplane, let's, uh, what have you got there, Tim? Oh, well. Keeping in with our horror comedy theme, I'm reviewing Young Frankenstein from 1974, directed by Mel Brooks, written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks. Now, (laughs) what can I say about this classic comedy by Mel Brooks that hasn't already been said before and probably more eloquently than I could? If for some reason you don't know what this film is about, it's a satirical take or spoof on the classic Frankenstein film from 1931 starring Boris Karloff as the monster and the film Bride of Frankenstein from 1935 based off the book Frankenstein Frankenstein, written by Mary Shelley that was released in 1818 when she was 21. (laughs) Now, what Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder did was lovingly craft a comedic take on this classic. Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein, Peter Boyle as the monster... Marty Feldman as Igor, <laughs> Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth, Cloris Leachman as Frau Blucher, Terry Gard as Inga, and Kenneth, Kenneth Mars as Inspector Kemp, and a special appearance by Gene Hackman as the blind man. <laughs> it's shot in classic black and white. Now, a prized scientist and neurosurgeon, Dr. Frederick Frankenstein, the grandson of the more legendary Dr. Victor Frankenstein, who did experiments on bringing back the dead, tries to separate himself from his more famous grandfather, even to the point of pronouncing their last name differently. <laughs> Nevertheless, Frederick is drawn back to Transylvania and the castle where Victor did his experiments. The good doctor leaves behind his somewhat distant, untouchable fiance Elizabeth, back in the States. He also gradually starts to get drawn into the research that his grandpappy did before he passed away, and not by accident either. As Frederick takes a stab at bringing back this, his lifeless subject with the help of his aide, Igor, and his beautiful assistant, Inga, reports and rumors begin to swirl in the town of what the good doctor is doing. The small town also has been trying to separate themselves from uh, what the, uh, from the work of the prior Dr. Frankenstein many years ago. Inspector Kemp, is, uh, Inspector Kemp is in charge with stopping Frederick's work if it's really happening. All these problems collide as Frederick and his crew tried to hide their work from inspect- the inspector while encountering a few technical roadblocks. It doesn't help matters when Frederick's fiancée, Elizabeth, comes to Transylvania and accidentally gets caught up in the experiment. Now, I absolutely love the classic, uh, the classic feel of this film that re- resembles old-time films such as Frankenstein, uh, The Wolfman, The Mummy, etc. It's probably my second favorite Mel Brooks film right behind his film Blazing Saddles, also from 1974 and also starring Gene Wilder and Madeline Kahn. A definite thumbs up for me. So that's what yeah, I Yeah, you know, it's, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen some Young Frankenstein, so I, I, I have to check it out again yeah. now, now that you've reviewed it. Oh, um, such a fun But movie. I do remember it being very funny, and it does have the classic, you know, 1930s universal horror movie feel. Oh yeah, throughout it, and just like Airplane, it's got so many quotable lines. Like, <laughs> like would you like a roll in the hay? Roll, roll, roll in the hay. <laughs> well, I I remember seeing the trailer for it. 
I forget, and like a compilation of like you know trailer reels right. that type of thing. And uh, I like the ending of the trailer Mel, because Mel Brooks narrates it, and he at the end of it he says, you know, uh, young see young Frankenstein in black and white, and he goes, no offense, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Mel Brooks comedy. You also mentioned Blazing Saddles too, yeah. you know. But I would also throw in the producers as well. Yeah, the producers there, yeah. a good one, the good one. But these were the two films that really stood out from my childhood because I remember yeah. watching them and when they used to show them on like WGN or Channel yeah, 9 oh, all yeah, the time. Right. And, oh, and sometimes it would be like a double feature or back-to-back. And like, and then I remember just watching them on a loop over and over again. That was back when WGN – for those of you not listening from the to the Chicagoland area. Chicagoland area. Uh, but that was back when they used to show um, – and they did this all the time. They either showed Aliens or Terminator 2 <laughs> – yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they would always show those films, those two right. films, all the time. <laughs> well, if you, I don't want to date myself because well, I'm, I'm getting, I'm becoming older. But back when I was growing up on WGN, I don't know if you remember, like on Sundays, maybe Saturdays or Sundays, but definitely on the weekends, it was they always had family classics. Yeah, yeah. And then they'd, they'd have the classic theme song, and then they'd have the guy, the old guy sitting there in a chair, and then it would be like a swashbuckler, like a pirate movie, yeah. and then something else. <laughs> like I remember those days, and it was yeah. fond memories. Well, I, and, I, I remember when Channel Fifty. Um, would always show, you know, older movies even late at night. And then, of course, you know, we've talked about this on the old podcast yeah. as well with Dave and, and, and Mark and Ken, where one of the most common commercials we'd run into is the Victory Auto Records commercial. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, they just, I think last year, they changed after 30-some-odd years. Yeah, yeah, and it was always the same commercial, and yeah. you knew it was from, like, the late 70s. Oh, yeah, well, because of the bell-bottoms and the... Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, and the, and, and the old car, the, the old yeah. green, the, the, the deep green-looking car that whenever he opens we'll, the door... We'll, we'll give you money on. for your wreck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course it's the classic. It's the classic, like hysterically ridiculous commercial. It's like a guy walks up to his car, pulls the car door open, and it just falls oh. off. And he's given the money literally, like you know, like it's brand new right. money, and it's like spread out like yeah, a fan. And, 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 like, hey. and it's like eighty bucks there. Yeah, yeah. And you know that was all the production value money yeah. they had well, to put into you know, it. Eighty bucks for that car back then. That was uh, you know yeah. even for taking a car away like that, that was worth quite a bit of money. <laughs> You'd probably get eighty bucks just for the door. <laughs> yeah, just for the door. But um, but yeah, we 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 uh, watching Channel Fifty older movies and onslaught of uh, really bad commercials. Oh yeah. Or you ever remember those late night commercials where you, um, you know, it's like some like one of those um, sex phone services. Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, they they, they played those on repeat. Like, call oh, us now, we're waiting. <laughs> and that was always at twelve. Twelve thirty or one yeah. <laughs> at night. Yeah, and then, then you'd have like the you'd go from like the old like kung fu movies at, at night, and then you would go right into like the early morning, or sometimes you'd play like a stooge marathon, you know, oh, for yeah. like three oh, or four hours. Oh God, yeah, that's great. Uh, so yeah, that's the old Channel Fifty here. If the WPW something WPW, you know what? It's been like I don't even watch regular TV. But yeah, anyway, Channel yeah, but Channel Fifty here in Chicago, yeah, the power station. The power station. But no, getting back to airplane though, there's so. Many quotable lines. It's like the um, with the year um, the the guy that's in the um, the the talking about trying to bring the airplane down. I forget his name. Lloyd Bridges was it Lloyd? Yeah, Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd, Lloyd yeah, Bridges yeah, is yeah. talking about what, what, what can we do with this paper here? Well, we can make it into a hat. We can make it into a brooch. No, like, my other favorite line is Kenneth Toby. He's sitting on the phone talking, and he says, "Then this man who's flying the plane is a menace to everything in the air." There's a pause, and he goes, "Yes, birds too." <laughs> <laughs> or um, uh, what was the other one that I like? Um, Oh God! Um, there's a scene in there where uh, Peter Graves is like he goes up to the 
to the the magazine rack and he's looking for and he picks up one that says daily sperm on it. <laughs> it's, it's like what? Oh, it's like man. every uh, and it's amazing this movie is rated PG. It's got like all these bizarre tasteless jokes. Oh, there's, yeah. this, there's a scene where one guy is drinking and he says to the lady next to him, "Would you like a drink?" and she goes, "Certainly not." And then she turns over and she starts snorting a line of coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's wonder how they, these two films that could be rated PG. I mean, you, you think maybe even a hard PG thirteen. Yeah, I know, but, yeah. Oh but, my god! But I just, I, I, like I said, I was making a copy of this rare TV cut, and I'm like, because it actually has like a, I think a few scenes that aren't in the theatrical version of it, and um, I'm wa- and I'm like, well, I got nothing to watch, so I might as well watch this while I'm making the copy. I was making like copies of other stuff like. Um, uh, Dragnet, if you've ever seen that with uh, Tom Hanks. And, oh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd, I have the TV cut of that. Wow. But, um, yeah, I was watching it and I just, you know, I like the movie, but when you sit, when you think about it, you know, you, you think, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, the funny stuff. And then you watch it and you just laugh because everything just comes right back to you. Right, right. And, and you're almost counting down like the seconds for when that, oh, yeah, for that particular yeah. like, gag or thing is going to happen. Right. But I do recommend if any of you out there have not seen the movie Zero Hour from 1957, please do because when you watch it and if you've seen Airplane, it's going to be like deja vu because it, it, Zero Hour is literally the same storyline. It was made in 57, so years before Airplane. But it's amazing how these guys saw this movie and said – Let's take that script and turn it into a parody because they even use some of the same lines in the film, but they turn them into jokes, you know. Well, yeah, that, and, I, and I love the way they even at the beginning because I watched the trailer when uh, I didn't get the chance to see, revisit the film. I haven't seen it in the years, but I did see the trailer a few, couple of times. And I love how they even parodied like the Jaws yes, with the airplane yes, yes. in the clouds like dun, 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 dun. I'm like, what is going on? You know, it's even funny too. When I watched this. I liked this movie as a kid, you know. And I knew it was a funny, a funny film as a kid, but it's so odd. As a kid, some of the jokes kind of just fly past you. Mm-hmm. And but I remember back then as a kid, I kind of treated the storyline pretty serious because if you think about it, it, it kind of has a serious yeah. element to it. But uh, watching it now, it's like you get the. I, I still laugh at the parts involving Peter Graves talking to that kid, where he's just like, "You ever been in a Turkish prison? <laughs> you ever seen gladiator yes. movies? You ever seen a grown man naked?" <laughs> <laughs> It's like the most inappropriate oh. questions. And it's amazing how they get away with it yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I don't think you could get away with half of the stuff you did now. <laughs> yeah, actually, I I think – actually, I think if they did this movie today – It would probably be rated R. Yeah, oh, not rated R. I, I think they would try to really take everything to the extreme. <laughs> oh, yeah. And still – and somehow get away with it and you still sit there and ask yourself, how did they get away with that? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Airplane, check it out. If you yeah. haven't I, – I, Honestly, I don't think I've ran into a person who's never seen Airplane. Yeah. I think maybe I ran into one person and we were all just like, what? <laughs> God damn it. Rent the movie. <laughs> yeah, you can probably find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, or you can download it illegally. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, but we don't it's, condone that here condone at that, that, that horror show no, podcast. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We've never done that no, kind of stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yes, Airplane and uh, Young Frankenstein. Yes, Got both it. thumbs up. But with that, I think we should head into our meat and potatoes of the episode. Chris, why don't we roll that trailer from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil from 2010? Oh, yes. Let's just get that thing rolling. Oh, jeez. Whoa, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? We got your friend! They captured us! 
Looks like a good old time, I tell you what. Oh yeah, I'll tell you. Break out the moonshine and uh, let's uh, let's roll back and watch the show. All right, all right, all right, all right. Now, <laughs> Tucker and Dale vs. Evil from 2010, directed by Eli Craig, written by Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen. It's starring Tyler LeBain, Alan Turdick, and Katrina Bowden. Now, as the story of Tucker and Dale. Uh, ah, the story of Tucker and Dale, two lovable West Virginia hillbillies. It's one for the ages, I tell you what. It's really a simple story <laughs> about just a couple of good old boys, and it never mean no harm. So, um, Skeeter and Cooter, uh, no, that ain't right, no, no, I'm sorry, Tucker and Dale, yep, that's right. <laughs> you, you see, youngins, Tucker and Dale just bought a vacation home. Yes, a cabin in the woods, because nothing bad ever happens there. <laughs> Dale done gone sunk every nickel he earned it into it. Now, it's a fixer-upper for sure. Along the way, they run into some Yankee college kids. The Utes immediately try to uh, see these good old boys as a threat to their little group. They look As they look at their clothes and parents and think they're inbred, chainsaw-wielding, maniac, psycho killers. It don't help the case none when a day after working at the cabin, Tucker and Dale set out to do a little night fishing when they just happen to run into the college kids. Tucker and Dale see the very beautiful Allison played by Katrina Bowden about to go skinny dipping with her friends. She is started by Tucker and Dale, and she slips off a large rock and hits her head and goes under the water. Both Tucker and Dale rescue her from drowning, and they pull her into the fishing boat and start to shout that they have their friend. The college kids are frightened, and they run off to tell the others. Now, the college kids see this as an act of aggression and come up with a plan to get Allison back. The group is led by head dingleberry Chad, played by Jesse Moss. Now, can I tell you something? Every movie character that I've ever seen with the name Chad has been a mighty big old asshole. <laughs> Anywho, rounding out the group of college kids are as follows. Brandon, uh, Jay McClernand plays Jason. Christine Lang plays Naomi. Ch- 
Charlene Simmons plays Chloe, Travis Nelson as Chuck, Alex Astronaut as Todd, and last but not least, Adam Bouchine as Mitch. Now, what truly what follows is truly funny and a bloody gruesome tale. Why don't we talk about Tucker vs. Dale, and I can't get rid of this accent. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good play. Well, accent. thank you very much. <laughs> Are you from West Virginia by any chance? <laughs> or from that, from that area? <laughs> no, I. Um, it was great watching this because I had seen this. Actually, I rented this when back during our super evil vampire robot podcast doom summer pod for short summer pod for short. <laughs> yeah wow it's a long title but anyways um because i believe uh ken had reviewed this uh when we we were asking like you know like what have you watched kind of thing. okay and uh, of course ken spoke about it and i'm like well i might as well just go check it out i remember liking it so you done gone check so, it out so i done gone check it out now nah, i gotta tell you i really enjoyed the picture show that i saw here <laughs> no but it was it was very I, I liked it then when i saw it when it was available on DVD. And then since we decided to do it for this uh, podcast, this episode, I checked it out and uh, I liked it again. So, I mean, it held up very well after about a couple of years, you know, about oh. like five, I'd say, because it, it was made in 2010. Yeah, 2010. So. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a great funny flick. Yeah. Um, I don't, I hardly run into anybody who's ever had like anything really bad to say about yeah, it. Like it, at I mean, all. it's got like goofy humor, but it's not the yeah. type of goofy humor you roll your eyes at. It, it, it's, it's like, it's funny and it's silly without being stupid. It doesn't really insult your intelligence as a uh, viewer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what I, what I, even though it's comedy and it's played for laughs, I generally felt for the characters of Allison, Tucker, and Dale. Right. And even a couple of the college kids, it's like there is – even with through all the comedy, there is a lot of um, social and preconceived notions that we yeah. that we go through, you know. Um, and that's what I really dig about it. It, it, it tackles the film in a not-so-subtle way that how human beings judge each other – judge other people in other walks of life and even within their own, like I said, social groups. It's yeah. just – it's, kind of, it's kind of deep for a 90-minute horror movie well, comedy. Right. Like in the beginning, we pretty much are introduced to our young you know, college kids who are yeah. out going to you know, have some fun in the woods. Yeah. And uh, the first thing we see after is um, Tucker and Dale driving right past – Yeah. No, they, they, they drive they, past them first and then – Tucker and Dale pull up and you see them and you think these two guys are going to be like, you know, the yeah, evil it, bad guys. It, it looks like like a scene from Deliverance. It just kind of they, – they do oh, the yeah. slow panning <laughs> shot of – and Tucker's just giving like a weird look. And, yeah, yeah. But then we cut to them inside there and they're just like, yeah, what's their problem? About? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I love that. I, you know, Dale played by Tyler LeBane and, yeah. and, um, and Tucker played by Alan Tudyk are, are very funny in this movie. I, I, I When I was watching this, I thought to myself, this – had Abbott and Costello been alive <laughs> today and decided to make a horror comedy, a splatter horror comedy, right. I think it would have been this vehicle because, because it just feels like it could have been an Abbott um, and Costello it, it comedy. Could, and truthfully, yeah, they do kind of take on those roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean because you've got um, – uh, uh, um, uh, Tucker, who's obviously probably – I want to say the brains of the of the group <laughs> or the, of the couple. and. Yeah. <laughs> but not not so much because also because also um, uh, was it Dale 
played by uh, Tyler, he says that he's dumb as a stump but can remember anything. Yes. And he amuses yeah. um, Allison. Uh, Allison with his intelligence later yeah. on in the movie. Because he can remember anything. Anything yeah. he's read or heard, he can recite back like verbatim. But I love how the movie like plays up the whole stereotype thing about these two country guys because yeah. like there's the scene where – It's they, the farthest from the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And they, like they go to the uh, the country store. Right. And um, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the college kids go to the country store to buy you – know, Because they buy, forgot the beer. They forgot the beer. And again, once again, pull up the stereotypical aspects. There's there's no party in the woods if we don't have beer. I mean, you know. Right. And, and I I love that scene where they where they, they pull up that old like the old gas station that says "Last Chance for Gas" or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> like so it's off a very ominous tone. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and and you think it's going into Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. territory, but I love when. Um, they go in there and they're getting stuff, and of course, you know, and, and of course, uh, at one point, um, you know, Dale is watching Allison. There's that shot where she pulls down the jar, and he's yeah. like watching. He just like looks yeah. startled. Yeah. Do we do we need bug spray or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, of course, Dale is talking to Tucker, saying, you know, ah, oh, man, I, I want to. I wish I could talk to one of those girls. And, yeah. You know, Tucker's like, well, you know, you just go on out there and be yourself. And he grabs the the scythe. Yeah, the scythe. That, yeah. that looks like he could be the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Just go over there and laugh and yeah, smile yeah. at him. And, and, he's, <laughs> and, and Dale is like still eating a bunch of pickled eggs. Yeah, because yeah, he got an eight-pound jar of pickled oh, eggs. <laughs> and he walks up to her and he's talking to her. And he's he's nervous. He's just nervous to talk to her. Yeah. In the kids' eyes, they think he's like yeah. some babbling yeah. psychopath. Well, he's, well, like you say, he's, he's got the, 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 the big old blade. He's yeah, walking yeah. over. He's like, <laughs> your kid's going to go out camping or yeah, have yeah, a party? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And they're oh. like, and then, of course, Chad is like, hey, man, we, no problems here. Stay away. And, of course, they all get in the car right. and drive away. And, 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 then he goes, like, and then he turns to Dale and he goes, Tucker, I told you, they hate my face. <laughs> I just hate you, and I hate your ass face. And, and the best part, okay, now, one of the fun parts, the funny parts in this movie, there's there's tons of them, but one yeah, of the funny yeah. parts is where, where they get pulled over by the local sheriff. Oh, that, that, that's the Three's Company like, kind of thing I was telling you right, about. Like right, the, right, oh. it, it, Yeah, it feels like a Three's Company episode. Because, because, because they're drinking beer, well... Not that we condone drinking and driving, but yeah. these guys, these good old boys are drinking some beer, and Dale spilled his beer, and Tucker, being his friend, went to go wipe it up, but yeah. but it fell on his crotch. He's trying to bend, pick up the beer, but he gets stuck down there. Yeah, he gets somehow stuck. I guess his sleeve gets caught in one of the I don't know the gear shift or whatever, and, um, and of course it makes it think like you know. Well, I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, and uh, it looks like he's getting a big old BJ. Yeah, it looks like he's from know, the bear. <laughs> <laughs> and the sheriff comes by. Well, at one point, he tells he tells Tucker tells Dale, take your shirt off, too. <laughs> so he takes his shirt off. And then when the sheriff comes by, Dale— He pops uh, up immediately. Yeah, <laughs> the sheriff just looks at them like, what's going on? But, of course, you know, uh, Tucker tells him, well, I bought this nice cabin in the woods yeah. you know, for a vacation home. And the sheriff tells him, you know, nothing good but ever comes out over there. Yeah. And he asks for the driver's, <laughs> his driver's license and registration, and he tells him it's in the, you know, he's lost it, and here's the thing. And he goes, and we're just going up to our new vacation home because, you know, Dale's been striking out with the lady, so it's time for a little man time. <laughs> That's and Dale's like just sitting there like yeah, yeah. yeah with his shirt off and just so so then and so then they oh. get out there and and again what's funny is like I like how sensible Tucker's character is yeah 
but you'd think he'd realize that for what money he's put into this uh, vacation home, yeah. it's basically just a, sh- a-, a cabin shack yeah. <laughs> with with broken down a broken down uh, rusted car. Right. Um, I, you know, truthfully, I was almost w- hoping to see something along the lines of maybe throwing in like the old car from like uh, the Evil Dead just sitting there. And oh, the other yeah, side. like yeah, it could yeah, be like yeah. a lot next yeah. lot oh, over. Yeah. Sam Raimi's <laughs> yeah. uh, Oldsmobile. <laughs> yeah. And then I love when they go in the cabin. They're like, oh yeah, it's a fixer upper, and then. They notice it's a the, palace. <laughs> yeah, it's a palace. But they notice that it's got like newspaper clippings of like various murders. murders. And then they say, was he an archaeologist? Because there's a lot of bones. Here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What the? And then when they go up to look at one of the newspapers, they see, oh, look, there's a coupon for that pizza place. No, for the hot dog place. <laughs> for the hot dog place. Buy, <laughs> buy three, get two free. No expiration date. Score. <laughs> Like I love totally, how, totally dismissing all the like psychopath, yeah, these, like you these, know, these guys are, it's, elements. It's amazing how clueless these guys are, <laughs> and for being as in, you know, kind of intelligent, they just like they overlook everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's their good old boy nature. Yeah. Come on, we, yeah. you know, because well, well, when you when you when they first pull up their truck into this under the under the property, see the dilapidated you know cabin, they're like, oh, it's a palace. It's gorgeous. Like, and everybody, and of course, as the viewer, like. This is a shit. This is a shithole. It's garbage. You just mow it down. Honestly, I think it's one of those those checks that you you and I'd, probably a missed opportunity. It would have been funny if they opened the door and like a cow just came yeah. right out. You know, I, I don't think the realtor was completely one hundred percent honest with them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who buys a property sight unseen anyway? Yeah, full disclosure, <laughs> folks. <laughs> but well, I guess maybe in West Virginia they maybe don't have full disclosure. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, but <laughs> or so, it blurs the line. So then. We then cut to our, our, our hapless teens that are out camping. Oh, and, of course, God. Chad decides to tell the, the creepy story about how – The Memorial the, Day Massacre, yeah, right? the Memorial Day Massacre where in the exact Sexy. spot where like, they are camping, camping. at <laughs> is a bunch of – two hillbillies massacred a bunch of uh, young teens right. out there. And I'd, I'd also like to point out that we've, we've talked about bluegrass music being used in horror movies and stuff like this. This is the first, like, like southern-themed horror movie. <laughs> That uses it very minimally. The only time you get any kind of music is when the when the, the evil hillbillies put in a tape of like some old like backwaters bluegrass music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. it. It's like for like ten in, seconds in, in the flashback. Yeah, in the sequence, flashback yeah. sequence. So then, of course, you know, after Chad tells the story, then they all say, "Let's all go skinny dipping," you know. <laughs> and of course, you know, we get uh, Tucker and Dale out there fishing. Not- which, by the way, they have the last PVR. Yeah. <laughs> and I have They to, fight over. They kind of fight over it, too. Yeah. And I love how – I was talking – before we started, I yeah. love how, you know, at first you see him drinking beer that looks like Miller Lite. It looks like the white Miller Lite cans. Right. And it, has, it looks like it has the logo. But instead of Miller on it, it just says beer. <laughs> like, way to play up the – the slasher film of the eighties, where you, like, like movies like Intruder, where you get to see like you know Miller Lite, and you get to see the generic beer labels yes. pop up. Yeah. Beer made by from hops, yeah, you know, there's from no... hops. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they're out there fishing, and then of course they see them skinny dipping, and we can actually see one of the actresses uh, topless in the shot yeah. far away. And it's surprising they didn't, even though it's radar, they didn't do the nudity yeah. at all. Yeah, but they do plenty of splatter in this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so although I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, K- Katrina, uh, you know, topless. That oh would be, yeah, that'd yeah. Be nice. <laughs> so, so they're out there watching, and they're going to get it. They want to get a closer eyeful of it, and they eventually see Allison, played by Katrina Bowden, yeah. uh, on top of the rock, going to fall. Which I got to ask, why would you go on top of a rock and then like 
Dose skinny dipping that way. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Particularly you, when they start when uh, Dale startles her by yeah. accident and she slips and falls and hits her head. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, you think there would be a little bit safer place to go. I mean, it's not like she was, uh, you know, sunbathing. It's yeah. at night. Well, plus that lake looks like you just wade through it. <laughs> Particularly in that wide shot where you see the, the the other teens wading into it halfway, and then once they see Tucker and Dale save her, yeah. and they think. That they're gonna kill her, yeah. you know. They immediately just wade themselves out, <laughs> and they're like, "No, no, come back! We got your friend. We got your friend. We got your friend." Which wasn't meant at all to be a threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that—that's that, what we're talking about. It's like how people see it, how how you meant it, and how people see it as completely two different things. And there's another uh, when we go further on. There's another instance where that happens too. Right, right. But I I, I love how <laughs> Tucker or Dale turns uh, Dale turns to Tucker and or no Dale turns to Tucker after. They saved her. He's like, why did you scream out my name? Yeah, I know. He's like, why did you scream out my name? It's, it's like, what's the point of it? But so then, of course, they the, the the teens go back and tell Chad, you know, oh, Allison was taken. Of course, yeah. Chad, being the uh, overreactive character in this yeah. movie, decides to take it's time to take matters in their own hands and rescue quote unquote Allison right. from these two evil. Uh, Southerners, yeah, which I, I think there's a little bit more to Chad than meets the eye. Oh yes, yes. Well, once we get further, we'll discover. <laughs> so, so in the meantime, we end up seeing uh, Dale trying to, you know, well, we see Allison. She's bandaged up, her head's bandaged, yeah. and uh, she's lying in the bed. She wakes up when she don't. Know, she has no idea where she's right, at. Right. She's, and, well, actually, she sees the one-eyed dog. Oh yeah, and, uh, Jangers. Jangers. <laughs> Love that dog. <laughs> and then uh, Dale comes in with the tray, and he's like, "Do you want pancakes?" And, and she like, flips. And then he starts to start. He's like, uh, uh, "I'm sorry, you don't like pancakes. I'll make you something else." <laughs> yeah. So eventually, of course. You know, Allison warms up to Dale and discovers he's just a nice, good old boy. Right. And, of course, it turns out Allison also worked on a farm, too. Yeah. So, so there's yeah. a little bit of relatability. Right. And I, there's a scene where um, where uh, Dale has already started, um, you know, the, the chores, cleaning up the yeah, place. Yeah. And he's at – uh, uh, um, no, yeah, Tucker. And then Dale is playing a board game with Allison. Right. And th- th- this is a – it's a small scene, but I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really endearing. He's sitting there and he's telling her all about his, like – you know, he's a dumb as a stump, but he can always, you know, remember everything verbatim. And she goes, there's a difference between intelligence and intellect. Yeah. And I thought that was a really kind of like a little heartwarming thing that she, oh, you know, yeah. she could say to him. It's a very and, heartwarming scene. I and, like but then <laughs> it's spliced in with uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, Tucker taking a chainsaw to a, a, a tree stump and accidentally uh, cutting into a beehive. Yeah, yeah. So Tucker is left to basically do some of the other chores, chores. outside on his own. And he's a little upset that... Dale is spending just way too much time fawning over Allison. So Tucker, of course, is like you said, he's taking the chainsaw into a, into a stump that has a right. beehive inside. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, he ends up getting attacked by bees. Yeah, and he's all puffy and right. And then in the meantime, uh, Chad sends. Um, I think it's Mitch, right? Yeah, Mitch Mitchell, played by Adam Buchins, to uh, go and you know investigate or yeah, investigate. Talk, you know, and of course. <laughs> Dale Tuck, comes running. No, no, no. Tucker Tuck, comes running Tuck, out Tuck, with the chain, chainsaw still running. <laughs> and there's bees flying around him. And they think he's like chasing after him like he's crazy. So, of course, <laughs> M- Mitchell runs while – and they're both running side by side. Yeah, yeah they're like they're running parallel to each other. And they're kind of and, and, and Mitchell's kind of looking at him like, what the hell are you doing? So then all of a sudden Mitchell oh. accidentally impales so, himself so, on a uh, huge branch. branch. And, of oh. course and, – and, and, and Dale 
keeps or Tucker keeps on running with the, with the chainsaw. Now I don't understand why you wouldn't drop the chainsaw, but I know it's a little weird uh, why you wouldn't the, drop the, it. But then again, that whole scene probably hey, wouldn't man, have worked. Them gas chainsaws are hard to start back up, so it's like you know you didn't want to drop that. But it was it's just so funny to see uh, Mitchell's reaction when he gets. Right, he's he actually like, impales oh. himself, and he's like, uh, and then he got that little bee. Yeah, I was like, yeah, and, and then it flies away, and that's when, and then he dies. He, you know, <laughs> passes away, and uh, but, but you know, truthfully, that's the and, and truthfully, the first that's the first de- death that happens in the movie. It happens around a twenty-four minute mark, so right. we so we get a lot of a background story for, for both all the characters, which is re- which is a good idea before you start offing them. Right, so of so, course. Tucker decides to come back with his face completely stung and, and pour <laughs> beer on his beer. face. And at one point he says his face feels like a hemorrhoid. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he finally gets Dale to, to get outside and help. Yeah. And Dale is like digging up uh, a hole for the outhouse. Yeah, digging a shitter hole. And be, yeah, yeah. Or I mean a crapper hole. He yeah. doesn't know exactly the right terminology right, to use around trying it. trying to be nice amongst yeah. Allison. And she decides to help him out because yeah. that's when she reveals she worked so, on a farm. Yeah, it's either you help out or you, or you get out. Yeah, so – in the meantime, of course, Chad and, and, and his friends find uh, Mitchell dead, and of course they think it's an act of aggression. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. And it's and it's it's a sign, or it's a it's, it's, yeah, it's a sign to get the fuck out of these woods. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to go, but they, they once again try to take matters in their own hands. Right. So, and, but and they, but I think it's Chuck. He leaves to go get his truck to go get help. Right, go get the sheriff. Yeah. So then, uh, uh, Mike. Played by Joseph Allen Sutherland and uh, Todd, played by Alex Arsenal, they yeah. decide to try to attack, to, you know, to, to attack Tucker and Dale. Right. Uh, oh. So while Dale's busy digging with Allison for the outhouse, uh, Tucker is putting wood in the wood chipper. Right. And, and you just know it's not going to end well. Oh, yeah. Well. Something's not going to end well. So uh, Todd tries to knock Dale. Uh, Dale out. Dale accidentally knocks Allison out. With the shovel. Yeah. Dale falls in the hole. Uh, Todd, who has a spear type thing, yeah. falls, falls in the, the hole, hole and, and, and impales also accidentally himself. impales himself. And then These kids all have two left feet. I know. It's amazing. And then Mike tries to stab oh. tries to stab um, Tucker, but when Tucker moves away from the woodchipper. <laughs> he, b- he bends down or yeah, moves yeah, out of the way. He dives head first into Todd, the woodchipper. Yeah. Todd dives head foot, foot into the woodchipper. And one of the girls gets splattered with the blood from him. <laughs> and, 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 of course, Tucker sees this and he just goes – yeah, He's like, what are you doing? And he starts pulling his – trying to help him, trying to pull him out. But yeah. by that time it's, you know it's, – it's, The only thing that's left is just the, is just the torso and the legs. Yeah. But so, of course, Tucker and Dale uh, are completely creeped out by this situation. Yeah. They're trying to figure it out. And Tucker surmises that it's these, it's these kids – It's a suicide It's pack. a suicide, suicide death cult. Throat. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, D- Tail Ducker Tucker. Like, we should get the police. I'm like, what are we gonna say? <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, of course, Tucker's These kids the just one. are coming on our property and killing themselves. Yeah, and then Tucker is like, and you think the police are gonna believe that? <laughs> Look at us, man. <laughs> like, even Tucker knows yeah. that two Southern boys out in the woods. <laughs> A bunch of kids getting slaughtered. What are they yeah. going to think? Body parts everywhere. Um, and they, they, so they put Allison on the bed in, in, in Dale's room. Yeah. And th- so then they, they come to the things like, all right, we're just going to clean up this mess before anybody happen- anything happens. Right. So the, while that's happening, uh, Chuck does find the police and brings them back to the, the, the cabin. Right, right. And this is – by far, probably the funniest scene for me, and it's—I know it's a little demented, but both Tucker and Dale are working to get 
the, the guy out of the, the um the, out of the wood chipper, wood chipper. Yeah, yeah. and then there, there's a scene where he's like it's like man we got to clean this thing up because I don't think that's covered my insurance is covered on the rental of this yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then there's a scene where they, where they finally got the legs out and the torso and um the POV shot between the from the crotch panning up where the police car's coming right right and they right. both got a leg they both each holding a leg and they're like and then he goes, boy, officer, we've had a doozy of a day. Yeah, yeah. Tucker tries to really explain this. He's just like, now, officer, we that, just got to tell you. That is by far, the, for me, that's the, one of the funniest moments in the it entire movie. It is because you can just tell these two poor guys are trying to, like, really, like, prove their innocence yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love how, you know, like, Dale is, like, constantly, like, blowing things by saying, yeah, we got the girl inside the house. <laughs> what do you mean you have an unconscious girl in your bedroom? I know. And and. and, and, and at one point, Tucker just puts his arm on, on Dale's side, and he's just laughing, going, <laughs> well, like, we told you, officer. Yeah. So they go inside, and, of course, the officer's a little doubtful <sighs> of their story. But then things get worse when there's a beam on – like That's st- kind of been foreshadowed a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. It's a faulty beam. There's yeah. a faulty beam that accidentally – that the, that the officer accidentally pushes and then, of course, the top part of it falls down. It's got a bunch of nails and it hits the officer in the face right. and he goes flying out the door. And, of course, the, 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 the kids and Chad are in the car. In the police vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they see that and they automatically think that the guys, you know, just – Killed yeah. or yeah. going to kill this poor, poor <laughs> And then Tucker and Jeff are like, oh, no, I think he's okay. I think he's going to walk it off. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, and the guy's walking in a daze and he falls over dead. And then, of course, uh, one of the kids, Chuck, played by Travis Nelson, decides to grab the police officer's gun. Oh, God. Yeah. And, okay. Now, and I got to say, it, it, I got to say, I felt bad for this kid, but on the other level, I was just sitting there shaking my head like, well, he definitely deserved it. This kid tries to use the gun. Yeah. And he pulls the trigger, and it doesn't go off. And Dale says to him, oh, you got to take the safety off that thing. And Tucker's like, Dale! <laughs> and then he starts pointing it at his face yeah, and blows his own head off. Yeah, he points the gun his face. This kid points the gun at his own face, trying to find the safety. And they're like, no, 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 no. And then, of course, the kid blows his own head off. Okay, serious. And once again, you think these two – you think Tucker and Dale are like these two simpletons. These teen characters are like – the dumbest characters yeah, of them all. Right. I, I mean, and, like... And all this violence and mayhem, the first... I would say the first death happens around the 24-minute mark. And this, the rest of this stuff happens, starts happening around the 34-minute mark. So, right, basically, right. the ball is rolling. I mean, now it's, like, fast and furious. It's just, like, coming at oh you nonstop. God. But, anyway, so... So now, of course, uh, Chad, gra- you know, grabs the gun and starts firing away. Yeah. And, of course, Tucker and Dale try have to defend themselves. And yeah. they start shooting the, <laughs> their nail gun at them. And they're, but, of laying, course, they're laying down on the, on, the, on the ground of the floor. And they're like, oh, we just, you just had to save her, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it turns out that uh, Chad and, the, and his friends have Jangers as hostage. Yeah. <laughs> and um, was it – and uh, Dale – is laying down cover fire using a nail gun. Right, right. <laughs> so Tucker can go out gun. back and try to get, rescue Jangers. Yeah, so Tucker d- rescues Jangers, but Jangers runs in a different direction. And, of course... Uh, Tucker's she, captured. Yeah, Tucker is captured. And they string him up by his by his feet. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how Tucker's trying to reason with them. He's, like, just, you know, just trying to be nice yeah. and everything. And, of course, Chad decides to send... Dale, a little message by chopping off <laughs> bowling <laughs> fingers. Tucker's bowling finger, <laughs> two bowling fingers, <laughs> and you hear him in the background. And I love how in the background you you know when he cuts cuts the, Tucker's two fingers off, uh-huh. you get that wide shot of the woods, and you hear Tucker go, "Ah!" Oh! He goes, "Oh, you prick!" <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Ooh. Dale gets the you know the two fingers as a message, and of course Allison is like concerned. You know, she's like, oh, you know, everything must be a big misunderstanding. Right. Which goes back to that element right. behind that. Yeah. And, and he's like, and then Dale's like, um, are your friends on any medication? Are they like yeah. psycho or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, so eventually, you know, Dale rescues Tucker and they're back at the cabin. And, of course, um, uh, Chad and uh, – uh, no- Noemi show Noemi played by uh, Christy Lang yeah. show up, um, and of course they decide to uh, try to talk this whole situation out because uh, Allison is studying in college to be a, um, uh, a, a, a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist, yeah. yeah. She's so, like, let's have some tea. Yeah, we'll talk which on. is hysterical because it sounds so ridiculous, but that's what they do. They actually yeah. sit and have tea. Yeah. In this thing. And, and, and you you finally do get a little bit of headway, and we and a little bit more learned about uh, Chad. Yeah. Um. And uh, we find out that he's uh, allergic to chamomile tea, yeah, <laughs> which is which is an important part later on. Um, but uh, Chad talks about the uh, the uh, the what was it again? The, the, the uh, uh, Memorial Day Massacre. Memorial Day Massacre. And how he, his mother was uh, one of the ones that was put in a sane asylum because she survived that, right? And, but her his father didn't, and his body was never found. And then Dale's like, well, I was like six years old when that happened. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry that that happened. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, because you, you know that, yeah, Chad's trying to put the blame on that on Tucker and Dale. But Dale, as Dale says, I was like a kid at that time, yeah. so I really had nothing to do with that. Right. And I love his reaction to that because he's, when he explains it, it's like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so during this little discussion, um, um, uh, Chloe, I believe it was uh, Chloe, played by Chilean Simmons, yeah, yeah. Simmons, and uh, Jason, played yes, by Brandon the, J. McLaren. Yeah. Uh, they they stormed the house. Yeah, they stormed the house. Uh, oh, of course, um, um, uh, Jason gets a, one of the weed whackers. Yeah, geez. Yeah, which and once again, it, what I love about this, it's almost like a comedy of errors in in, in many respects because, because they're just they're just tripping over themselves. They're just yeah. falling down. Oh my I god! Mean, and that, they're, they're, these characters are literally tripping over their dicks at this point yeah. because, like, at one point, you well, know, maybe not Chloe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Jason runs in with the weed whacker, um, accidentally uh, hits Naomi in the face with it, yeah, and it cuts, cuts off, off like a part a, of her face. Yeah. Then, of course, you know. Um, uh, Jason gets caught on fire right. by one of the the, the oil lamps that's there. Yeah. Which and I love this part too. I love <laughs> Maybe this we part. Oh, the gasoline yeah, part. Yeah, yeah go ahead, go there's on. like a shit ton <laughs> of of like gas cans in the corner. And Tucker's like, Tucker, yeah, I should have moved those. Yeah, probably. No, Tucker, he's like, oh man, we should have moved those. So then, yeah, because there's like 15 of them just right, right. piled right so, there. So, but then, uh, Neo, uh, no, uh, Chloe lights a cigarette, and of course. Drops one of the ashes down, drops the cigarette right. down, and then, of course, it blows the cabinet. But by that time, Tucker, Dale, Allison are able to get out. Right. And then we and we see Chad. We hear Chad, I think. Yeah. He's, and he's trying to get out of the fire. But Chloe is actually holding on to his leg. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to get for out. Help. Yeah, and, of course, and, he kicks her Yeah, and he kicks him like, well, that's, that's awfully nice. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, the place blows up. And right. Then, and then, of course, Chad emerges with half his face burned, and he's, of course, enraged. Of course, it was either Tucker or Dale saying, ah, I bet he's okay. And they're like, maybe he's a little more un- understanding. And, of course, Chad goes, ah! <laughs> Maybe not. Let's get in the truck. <laughs> so they get in the truck, and, of course— um, and, and, and and Dale mentions to Tucker, he's like, 
Tucker, this is the last thing that I have in the whole entire world. Please don't break it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't destroy my, my truck. truck. <laughs> well, of course, he destroys his truck. Yeah, about, five, about two seconds later, they run into a tree. Yeah. But everybody's running into trees here. <laughs> uh, every, no, everybody's running into anything and just getting hurt. Oh, yeah. or, or in the case of Tucker and Dale, uh, getting away from, you know, not even close to getting scarred. So, right. so of course, Dale wakes up. And uh, sees Tucker laying outside. Of course, Allison's yeah, he's, gone. They're up again, he's they're, everybody's knocked out, or he's knocked out. Yeah, from colliding into the tree stump, and uh, they find uh, Allison's gone. They find uh, you know Tucker on the ground, and he's he looks like he's dying, and he's saying, you know, you got to go after her, you know, um, you know, uh, and rescue her, rescue her. And of course, you know, and of course, we all know that Tucker loves her. So. Yeah. No, not Tucker. I mean Dale. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, folks. It, it's amazing how we get the names constantly screwy. Yeah. The characters are similar in, in terms of their, I guess you can say their dialect right. and their typicalness. But of course, they have different, you know, um, personalities. Right. So, so yeah. Sorry if we're getting the names mixed up once in a while. I mean, it, you got two names versus evil. Yes. What do you expect? Yeah. So, but yeah. So you know, Tucker tells him, tells Dale to go off and, and rescue her. Right. And they end up at the at the old woodmill. Yeah, the old woodmill, which you know, in these types of movies, it's got to take place in an abandoned woodmill, right? Or like in the, the burning, an abandoned mine, or yeah. You know. And it's amazing that it's probably been left alone, probably for I don't know. It looks like about twenty or thirty years. Yeah. This thing hasn't been in operation, and yet it still has power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's got them generators, man. Yeah. But uh, so uh, there's a there's a there's a line done by uh, uh, Dale where he's like. You wanted a, a you know a, 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 a psycho rave, a lunatic um, hillbilly killer. You got one, yeah. Chad. <laughs> so so and so he so he suits up and it's and it's pretty funny. And he bursts through the door and there he sees Allison, total damsel in distress, like tied to like the, the log. Yeah, gonna be like sheared into a thousand pieces by this big blade. And she's scared by him. And he lifts up. And goes, oh no, it's okay. It's like it's like why are you dressed like that? Wanted to look intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> she's well at work. So he's trying to get her free and everything. And of course, Chad shows up and they, they start fighting and everything. And then eventually, um, you know, uh, Dale gets the one up on uh, Chad and uh, frees Allison before she gets right. killed. Uh, There's some sweet axe play. Yeah, sweet axe play. And then um, uh, at one point, they run into an office uh, in, within the. Um, Mill, up, the mill, uh, and yeah. they find like some old magazines. Which I gotta say, that was kind of funny. Why would that mill have old, old magazines and newspapers? Uh, I don't, they, I don't they, know what it would be yeah, for. To, to, yeah, I mean, either. Why don't, yeah, we, yeah. why don't we tell the dear listeners? Because well, like, again, you know, if you listen, you're a frequent listener to the show, we it's a it's a spoiler heavy show. Yeah. So, if you haven't seen it yet, this one or the Final Girls films, we're gonna spoil it. So do yourself a favor and just. Tune out. Tune out right now. But if you tune want back, to. please. But tune, tune back in. Or, you know, if you don't care, well, you've been warned. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> go on. they get up there and they discover uh, all these old newspapers and magazines. And at one point, um, Allison finds a newspaper that has a picture of the um, the Memorial Day Massacre. And yeah. the uh, one of the killers looks like, like Chad. Chad. So, yeah. Chad's, as it turns out. Chad's pappy is, uh, was one of the psycho killers. Yeah. Hillbillies. And... Uh, and that doesn't sit too well with Chad. <laughs> yeah. So Chad – actually, I love how when Allison shows Dale the paper, mm-hmm. he's totally sidetracked by some other thing on it. And she's like, no, no, look at the picture. Look at the picture. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> look at the picture, man. So, and about, about a minute later, Chad busts through like a house on fire. And they're like, Chad, look, this is your dad. And he's like – 
He's like, I know, kind of like, I know, I think he mentions it. He's like, my mom was in an institution. I was raised by a grandmother yeah, who yeah. told me the story. Even they couldn't find the dad. They, so, of yeah. course, you know. Yeah. So, of course, we it's surmised that uh, Chad is Chad is, is part son, hillbilly. Part hillbilly, yeah. Because, <laughs> and, that, and that drives him insane. Yeah, yeah. So he goes crazy and, uh, you know, well, he's crazy anyway at this right. point. But um, at the end of it, um, uh, you know, Dale, of course, is victorious. And, yeah. and you know, no, actually, no. I'm no. sorry. He takes uh, – there's a box of tea leaves, chamomile, and, tea, chamomile leaves. tea leaves, and he throws, throws it at Chad, and he says, "Well, Chad says he's allergic to this." So yeah, <laughs> so he has this shock. He's like, and he le- he's falling backwards, falling backwards. He falls through like this old like window, and it falls on the ground. He's like, "Oh, I bet he's okay." Yeah, and then no, he's not. <laughs> but then once they come back, yeah, Chad's gone. Which we should have prefaced this by saying there's an opening sequence. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Three days prior to the events that unfolded, a news reporter and cameraman were attacked and by a half-burnt psychopath, which just happens to turn be, out to be, be Chad. Chad, yeah. So, um, so at the end, um, Tucker is in the hospital. He's got his fingers sewed on. Yeah. Well, one of them is his actual <laughs> finger. The other one is actually a lady finger. A lady finger by accident. He says, does this look like mine? I, I've never seen it like that before. But So then... Uh, and of course, uh, Dale brings Tucker uh, a little gift. It's yeah. a it's a can of PBR, PBR with, with a bow. With a bow. Oh, and a straw. And, and, and one of those tw- you know, those twisty tw- straws that he likes yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bendy straws. Yeah. And of course, as it turns out, uh, 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 Dale and Allison are going to go out, go on a date together. They're going to go bowling together. Oh. So of course, they go bowling, and of course, you know, uh, all you know, uh, all. all. All, all was it as well? Yeah, all's well, all ends well. well. Yeah, of course. There you go. Of course, Dale gives some advice to one of his uh, hillbilly friends on how to go ahead and <laughs> get a girl. And of course, we see in the background that the, the, the character I think knocks the knocks girl her out, out and starts dragging her by her like old caveman style. Yeah, yeah. And of course, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Dale's like, "Ah, oh, we're not going to help because yeah, yeah. you know we don't want to get in another situation." So, yeah. I mean, it's a and credits roll. The credits roll. You know, yeah, it is a fun movie. I like it. It's just yeah, it's. I, Absolutely adore this movie. It's a um, fun ninety minutes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Literally, it's it's yeah. It's about before the before the actual credits roll because you got to factor in about three or four minutes for credits. It's like one hundred and twenty five, one hundred twenty six minutes. You yeah. know, cut and dry. Yeah. Kind of short movie, but um, I really enjoyed it. I'm, man, I hope there's a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking too. Were they trying to get a sequel going at one point? Well, I thought I had heard well, you, what I, we talked about. Well, that. I've got some fun facts for the oh, film. Oh, okay. So let's all go right. Into that. All right. So this original film was shelved for over three years before it was finally released. What? But they say why? I never got the. Don't d- didn't say. Just it's one of those films I guess that fell through the cracks. Um, mm. uh, Tyler LeBain ad libbed the line, "They hate my face." <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, Tyler came up with the idea to wear a hat that says "Giver" on it, <laughs> and Alan Turdick came up with the idea to pour beer on his face when he after he got stung by the bees. <laughs> and this is the other, is funny, this though. is the only other fun fact I could really find that was really kind of related to the movie. Both Tyler and Alan did announce a sequel was in the works at a horror hounds convention in Ohio, but that was back in March of like 2014. I haven't heard anything else on the matter. So I'm still hoping to keep my fingers crossed, but only time will tell. And yeah, I'd love to see a sequel to this. Like, I bet um, it would be just fun but, if they can get it. If they can get it to the same um, style and the same well, um, humor as the first right, film, because be Chad, Chad is still you know, alive. Yeah, so, so it mean, would be great to bring the evil still yeah. there. <laughs> um, but anyway, I found the interview, uh, and I'll po- be posting it on our YouTube uh, page later. 
I'm not a YouTube fan. I found a YouTube video. I'll be posting on our Facebook page. Yeah, later. Well, I was going to say we didn't have a YouTube page. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's it's a really uh, fun like little three or four minute interview that the that they conduct at the Horror Hounds. It's it's, it's not a um, a professionally shot video. It looks like somebody was shot on their on their camcorder or phone. Yeah. But it's but it's actually it's got some really kind of funny moments both from uh, Tyler and Alan. So yeah, I mean, and I gotta say the acting in this movie is really good too. I mean, it it, it it's serviceable for its humor. Yeah. And uh, Tyler LeBain and Alan Tudyk are really funny in this movie. I really, I really like their their performance and their characters because you can just tell that for them they were like we, like, they they definitely had it oh, yeah. when the cameras rolled. It oh. really works. <laughs> I, I, I love absolutely every uh, minute of this. Um, I can't say enough good things about this. But it's funny that the the woman reporter and the director both made cameos at the very beginning she was a key oh, the, the director okay. was a cameraman and his wife was the uh oh, she's the reporter was a reporter that that that, that uh that go disappearing um but what else is there oh and it's funny that there was i was watching listening to some of the commentary at the beginning of the film and uh the director saying they're showing the shot of the 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 kid's truck yeah. going down the, the road and they're like Actually, this is from a different. This is a B-roll from a different movie. It goes, it's from a movie called "Without a Paddle" oh, <laughs> from like the, the early '90s or, two, or early, late right. 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, late stock, '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, sorry. It was a stock shot. Yeah, a stock shot of that. Yeah, <laughs> and that he goes. He goes. Everybody in this movie. It's supposed to take place in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They don't. They don't make normal. They don't say it. Um, but it's all shot in Canada with Canadian yeah. actors. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Well, it's funny too because it, at least unlike the My Buddy Valentine right. '80s film, yeah. uh, nobody in this movie was drinking Moosehead beer yeah. <laughs> and yeah. trying to pass it off. As or, or 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 talk with Canadian accents. Yeah, the, or semi Canadian yeah, accents. Yeah, semi Canadian accents. <laughs> yeah. Although, like I said, we do get the classic beer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I. I, I really enjoyed this. It was it was really fun to watch it again. You know, uh, you know, give it some time to age, and it's yeah. aged very well in yeah. that sense. And I really, I mean, I know time has passed since the first since Tuckerdale came out in 2010. But if it was shelved for three years, so technically it's right on path, on track with <laughs> the other ones. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, <laughs> I, I, I would like to see a sequel before the characters get too old. Yeah. So um, come on, guys, what's going on here? <laughs> but I mean, because I mean, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, I know this wasn't like a huge, like successful box office smash, but there's definitely an underground movement for this movie. Yeah. I mean, there's a, it's, there's a lot of fans of it. So, uh, and I'm hoping a sequel gets made. I'd love even to if see it's it. even if it's a direct-to-video, you know, or yeah. limited release film, I would love to see it. Yeah, but, I, I really want to see a sequel to this. Yeah, because like I said, I enjoyed the, the, I enjoyed this. It uh, it holds up well. Uh, and if they can get the se- if they do a sequel, if they get to that point, if they can make it on the same level of as quality, the and... quality uh, then oh, by all means, I'll, I'll definitely be checking it out. Well, well, I think we could safely put Tucker and Dale versus Evil to rest. Yes, and then these two, th- these two, these two good old boys had a rough day. Yeah, these two good old boys. <laughs> They're gonna go kick back with some moonshine and PBR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. We are moving on to another horror comedy. So, Chris, why don't we roll that trailer for The the Final Girls from 2015? Yep, you got it. Camp Bloodbath is the granddaddy of all campsite slasher films. Max's mom plays Nancy, this shy girl next door. Nice legs. What time they open? It's cool you get to remember your mom this way. 
At least I get to see her on the anniversary of her death, even if she is being chased by a psycho. Somebody's coming. Hey, do you guys know the way to Camp Bluefinch? Tina. So we're in the movie. Oh, hi. What's your name? <laughs> Best summer ever! Anyone want to help me pick some strawberries? Nope, but I'll give you a hand with those melons. Talking about her boobs. Oh, the writing is so bad. What is that noise? It's Billy. He's coming. Everyone who has sex in this movie dies. It's awesome. No sex. Wait, wait, wait. Selfie time. Okay. Two. How do we get out of here? Movies like this end when the final girl kills the bad guy and the credits roll. That's all of That's the final girl. We just have to stay with her till the end of the movie. Oops. I want to know where they get the hard work. I want chainsaws and big-ass knives, and I want them now. Um, guys, what's happening? Why am I colorblind? Am I having a stroke? Or a flashback? I wonder if all this blood is just corn syrup, you know? Like, these characters are walking around with just corn syrup in their veins. Oh, no. Oh, God, that's blood. I know in the movie you're supposed to die, but that doesn't mean you have to, right? What do we do now? We fight. Wow, that is looks like some cheesy eighty slasher fun. Oh, it Why is. Take it away. Except it was made in twenty fifteen. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> oh, but it was got it, bra. All right, so <laughs> got it, bra. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know you were a surfer too. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wish I could do that. But no. um, so yes, uh, the final girl is made in twenty fifteen, uh, directed by Todd Strauss-Solson and written by M. A. Fortin and Joshua John Miller. Uh, the Final Girls begins with a scratchy and splice-ridden trailer for Camp Bloodbath, a cheeseball slasher flick from the 1980s, which takes place at Camp Bluefinch and features a couple of hapless teens who have sex and are then mercilessly killed by Billy Murphy, a machete-wielding psychopath who wears a mask. All the while, the trailer exclaims such taglines like, They won't be singing Kumbaya. They'll be <laughs> screaming, Kumbaya, no. <laughs> We then cut to modern day as young teen Max Cartwright, played by Tessa Farminga, is watching the Camp Bloodbath trailer on her phone while sitting in her mom's car. Of course, Max's mother is Amanda Cartwright, played by Malin Ackerman, a still-struggling actress who played Nancy, the virgin in Camp Bloodbath, as well as being the star of other movies like Co-Ed Massacre and Stepmom 2, Revenge of Diane. Well, that's what her... That's what the... Um, the, the, bio, uh, the bio sheet said. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, anyways, uh, Amanda returns to her car after meeting with a casting director who instantly recognized her from Camp Bloodbath, which Amanda has been trying to live down for the past 20 years. 
As Amanda drives down the road and sings her favorite song, Max accidentally drops a cup of coffee on her mom's headshot photos. Amanda looks down and the car suddenly hits them, causing Amanda's car to flip over. Three years have passed since Amanda's death, and Max goes about her daily life, but she still cannot let her mom's death go. Max meets up with her nerdy friend Gertie, played by Alia Schwackett, and hunk Chris, played by Alexander Ludwig, to do some studying. Gertie's stepbrother Duncan, played by Thomas Middlewich, <laughs> shows up to ask Max if she will be attending the screening of Camp Bloodbath, and its sequel, Camp Bloodbath 2. <laughs> At first, Max refuses, but after Duncan promises to do her homework for a year, Max agrees to show up. At night, Max, Gertie, and Chris arrive at the local movie theater. Oh, and Chris's ditzy ex-girlfriend, Vicky, played by Nita Dubber, oh, also shows up as God, well. God, I love her. Oh, yeah, she's really <laughs> funny in this. Once the movie starts, Max and her friends bask in the over-the-top cheesiness <laughs> of Camp Bloodbath. But Max proceeds to slowly walk out when her mom's death scene comes up. However, when a theater patron drops a bottle of vodka on the floor and a lit piece of cigarette ash comes into contact with the flammable booze, the theater erupts in flames. While everybody scrambles to escape the fire, Max, Gertie, Chris, Duncan, and Vicky go the other way and cut a hole through the movie screen and attempt to head for the back exit. Then, Max and her friends suddenly wake up to find themselves out in the woods on a bright and sunny day, just wondering how they escaped the fire. But it gets even weirder when these teens discover that somehow, some way, they have ended up in the none, they have ended up in none other than Camp Bloodbath. That's right, folks. By cutting a hole in the movie theater screen, <laughs> these modern teens have managed to enter and become part of the 1980s movie. They meet up with the film's characters, horny bastard Kurt, played by Adam Devine, the ditzy Tina, played by Angela Trimber, oh. the nice Blake, played by Torian Thompson, the virgin girl Nancy, played by, yes, Malin Ackerman. And I the, just love Tina. I know. And the final girl Paula, played by Chloe Bridges. However, once Max and friends decide to go off script with the movie, they are also under threat from masked psycho killer Billy Murphy. <laughs> so how will this whole film play out? Let's find oh, out. Oh, my, my God. God. This, You know, <laughs> Tim, you told me about this yes. movie. I showed him the trailer about two or three months ago. Right, right. And so I was pretty much intrigued. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, I was a little, I, I will admit, I was a little skeptical behind it yeah. because I was like, well, you know, it's the, the theme of it is interesting, but you just wonder how it's going to play out. So you loaned me the Blu-ray that you got, uh, watched it one night. I was completely thrilled by every moment (laughs) of it. It's just so – I mean, like, honestly, folks, in the back of – like, it it doesn't matter. Wait, wait, Chris, just just to go off script for just – not off script, but just for one second. This is actually the first podcast episode where we've liked everything we've seen. Do you understand that? Yeah. There's no we haven't had a bad review. Right. So I'm just, I'm just mind blown, you know. You know about I don't know, we 2 years plus with Severpod and then, you know, over you're doing this and Chris is very rare to give out well, like no, high not, praises. Well, no, not not really rare. I mean, we've we've done yeah. we've done, not, yeah. I was going to say I've given some pretty good reviews yeah. on, on some of the other yeah. stuff we've seen. But so continue on. I'm just, no, I just no. I, all, everything's all positive. So that's cool. Okay, no, no. But anyways, um, I just like how this movie starts out. It opens with the the hilariously cheesy trailer for Camp Bloodbath. Oh yeah, the scratchy trailer that's played for I, countless times. I, I, I love that, and I I just I don't know how they got. It. They must have asked permission because they it, it's it's the 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 theme with the killer. It sounds exactly like Friday, Jason from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And, and, and I love how, you know, again, it, it, the, the trailer that they show is like completely takes advantage of the ridiculous taglines and stuff oh, yeah. like that. You know, and, and it's supposed to be taking place at this, um, at this um, uh, you know, camp. Even though it's got like a couple of um, of um, a, a couple of people there, right. but you don't see too many. You don't see any kids at all. Right. because well, because the, the kids are coming the following. They're setting up. Oh yeah, that's right. That, that, that's it's right. always been a, that's the, the, yeah, the yeah. thing of the slasher the counts, movie. The counselors, counselors are setting up the camp, just like in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, original. that's the, the right. Kid, the counselors that's are there first, right. and so, because they don't have any maintenance people to take care of this stuff. The counselors have got to take yeah. care of it. They got to go there and set everything up. Yeah. But, but, but then, and, and why do why does the camp? Uh, have a, a water bed. Why do camp counselors have water beds? <laughs> I know, I know. It doesn't matter because yeah. it, because because as Duncan, played by Thomas Middleditch, yeah. says, it's got impressive production design, over the top acting, and one of the most insane storylines you can ever think of. So, but so what's interesting I like about it is that after we see the trailer, then we right. of course we see uh, Max. Uh, played by uh, Tysa Fermingo, who's uh, watching the trailer on her phone, right. and she's in her car waiting for her mom, uh, Amanda Cartwright, played by Malin Ackerman, yeah. who um, very gorgeous and a good actress in her own right. Right, right, and she's playing this kind of sort of semi-struggling actress, right? Because she's she is getting work because she's uh, done she's, she's went on off, television, like, the, the, the different shows, but they only want to hire her for like these. B well, thing. B movies, but then whenever she goes, like she says, she goes for a casting yeah. interview. Somebody, you know, she's like, "Oh, the, 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 they they would go like, oh, you're Nancy from Camp Blood.' Yeah, yeah. She'd say, she says, uh, yeah. They 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 said to me, have I seen you before?' She goes, "Oh, have you seen me on CSI uh, when yeah. I was playing like, the neurotic woman?' Like, yeah. no, you're Nancy from Camp Bloodbath. <laughs> right. You know? She can't she can't live it down. She talks to her daughter. She goes. If you're ever an actor, if you ever become an actress, don't do a horror movie. <laughs> but but that's but that's kind of funny in its own in own way because. You know, there's all these actors and actresses who've done these horror movies, yeah. and because of the cult fandom behind them, most people recognize those those actors and actresses from those horror movies. Oh, yeah. And some of them embrace them, like you know, like Robert Englund embraces the oh, Freddy yeah. Krueger character. Oh, yeah. And there are some that are kind of like you know, like I think Linda Blair occasionally gets she embraces it, but then she kind of wants yeah. to distance herself. I, yeah, I've seen Linda Blair pop up and you know she popped up in Scream and she popped up in Supernatural. She popped yeah. up in all these different kind of things, yeah, playing yeah. different characters. Well, yeah, I mean, like she, she like because she did The Exorcist, so yeah. of course. But then after a while, you know, people get kind of burned out with right. it because they've done other films and they think. And they hope that other people recognize those right. other films, and they right. don't. I, I, I know for a while, even Kevin Bacon was kind of trying to distance himself between uh, from Friday the Thirteenth. But I know he's embraced Tremors, so yes, hopefully yeah, he'll yeah, go, yeah. he'll he'll continue on. Yeah. And embrace. So it's it's interesting how you know that that works out, and it's interesting how as as as, as uh, Amanda's character says, you know, whatever you do, don't do a horror movie. But yeah. Unfortunately, if you're if you're an aspiring actor, usually it's either a horror you, movie or. A comedy yeah. that you get into. It's not going to be a drama. And it's not going to no. be an action movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it should be mentioned that uh, Duncan and uh, uh, Max's best friend, uh, their their brother and sister. But uh, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Gertie. Uh, Gertie. 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 Yeah. So Gertie is uh, Gertie and Duncan are brother and sister. I think they're like maybe step brother and sister. Yeah. Step brother. Yeah. 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 Because he, there's a mention of it where they're at the diner. <laughs> he's like, he's like, when my dad told me I was getting a sister, I was so happy. Yeah. And now, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love how. So uh, basically, after um, the car accident, you yes. know, three years have passed. Uh, Max is trying to, you know, she's basically trying. She doesn't. You, you can tell she's doing a decent job coping with it, right? But she still she's, kind of hangs on to yeah, the memories of her mother because you see an old television VCR combo with, yeah, that, yeah, with yeah. the whole the whole movies playing in there, right. and so, her aunt telling her you got to get to school, or you know, 
And of course, her friend Gertie, you know, played by Alice Shawkat, is telling her, "Hey, you just gotta, you gotta keep going. You know, that's just what it is." And of course, they're talking about how you know, uh, Chris, you know, played by Alexander Ludwig, you know, yeah. like you know, he, you know, he, he just broke up with his his his, his girlfriend Vicky, and, yeah. and now they're studying together. He goes to to pass her. I forget what class it was. Yeah. And he's like, "Did she? Did he say?" Would you be coming or would you be coming yeah. <laughs> over? Like, come to, would you be coming to study, study or would you be coming, coming to study? <laughs> to study. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we get the diner sequence, yeah. and then of course uh, we're introduced Dun- to Chris, and then yeah, and Duncan and, and Duncan shows up, and he's you know like he's all excited, and of course you know what I love about this movie. Okay, you got to think about this. Uh, the, if you're familiar with eighty slasher m- movies yeah. or slasher movies in general, you know. Since this involves uh, the 80s slasher film, um, Camp Bath involves young teens, right. or quote unquote young teens. Right. Uh, you know, they're they're all stereotypes. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And then we have this uh, modern day setting where we're introduced to the modern era stereotypes, which haven't really changed that much. Right. I mean, if if, if Duncan's character, uh, you know, to- the Thomas Milditch's character, were from the 80s or early 90s, he would essentially be. Honestly, the white Steve Urkel, if yeah. you think about it, because yeah, he'd he's, be the Randy yeah, from yeah. the screen yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, for Randy from the screen movies, he's the nerd character. Yeah. Okay, you know, and then of course uh, Max is of course the, the the virgin character in a sense, and then right. uh, Gertie is also the you know the kind of you know and, friendly and, associate. And Vicky Summers is the, yeah. the, the is the slut bitch. Yeah, yeah, or the bitch. Yeah. So, but like I said, it's interesting how these modern the modern era scenes have these stereotype characters. Right. <laughs> so, so because you got to think about that because that's how it's going to lead up to. To, to this premise. So, of course, Duncan's character comes in and says, you know, because Max is the daughter of Amanda, who's in Camp Bloodbath, he wants her to come to the screening. For a Q&A. For a Q&A, which, which of I, course... I, I find kind of a stretch because yeah. he, she's the daughter of... Yeah. I mean, what could she really say she about... She could tell the, you the, about her mom, yeah. but she can't... Like, what, what anecdotes did her mom tell her about making Camp right. Bloodbath? Other than don't be a horror actress. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, be yeah. an actress that stars in a horror movie. So they go to the theater, and of course we're introduced to Vicky, who's like this ditz, played by Nina Dobrev, yeah. who's this, she's... I gotta t- tell you, she's such a ditzy bitch in this movie, yeah. but she is so cute in this yeah. movie. So yeah. it's and very hot. And, hot yeah. so. and and I love the fact that she's popping Adderall so yeah. she can study. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the the modern era drug. It's no longer you know cocaine Pain, or weed. Any of that or it's, weed. It's, it's, it's from, Adderall. Oh, it's 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 doctor prescribed. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, doctor prescribed Adderall. She's pharmaceuticals. Got like a, she's got like a huge <laughs> bottle of it too. And yeah. she, so they go and they watch the movie. Yeah, and they get and they go so they get thrown the thrown into the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, no, they. Well, I, oh, I got I gotta say okay. I I didn't realize it was it was okay now. Days to bring in a bottle of vodka and a light cigarette inside, inside yeah. the theater. I thought uh, I thought that was no longer allowed. <laughs> yeah, apparently they were breaking the rules. Yeah, breaking the rules. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think we should bring that back. I think it should be okay. And apparently they didn't head out to the, their nearest exits. <laughs> yeah, because you know the nearest exit. exit yeah, the other side. And, yeah. they, and plus, when the curtains catch fire, it looks like they could easily just like pop open them doors. Oh. It's not like they lock the doors behind you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not like you lock them behind you and say, okay. Yeah. Be watching the movie. You for can't escape. Yeah. yeah, you can't leave for ninety-two minutes. <laughs> so, but. of course, our Max and her friends cut through the movie screen, go inside, and they wake up. And 
<laughs> and then okay, and then you see the the VW bug playing the music. Yeah, Mickey, you're so fine. Also, you're so fine, Mickey. You blow my mind. And then all of a sudden, and they're like looking, and then and, and Duncan sees it first. He he's the first one to recognize it because he's seen this movie about a right, thousand right. times. Well, I love how they all just show up. They yeah. like come from different corners. They're yeah. like, hey man, how do we get out of here? Yeah. And like the oh. place is brightly lit, and it's got the fakest looking flowers all and there's around. There's even the place. a message saying, like, "Did we die? Are we, is this heaven?" Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 and Gertie says, "Well, it wouldn't be because uh, uh, Duncan's Jewish." Jewish. <laughs> but, but so that's when the, then the VW bug comes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it comes up and and the and the girl says, "Hey, anybody know where the campsite is at?" Yeah, and you, and you, and you get this great reaction shot from Duncan. He's like, "He's like Tina," and he covers his mouth. He goes, "Yes," mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, we don't know." And then they drive by, and then there's a then they the the van keeps driving on down the road, and then you see the kids just sit there at the top of the road and they're timing it. Yeah, and, yeah. Duncan times it because it, we get a title card saying 92 minutes later. Yeah. No, and then the van comes by again. And then they just tell him it's just straight on that way. Yeah. And then Duncan times it, and then it says 92 minutes again. Yeah. And then, and then Duncan times it, and then the van comes up. We're and in a like, loop. We're yeah. in the movie. We're in a the, the movie's a loop. Yeah, they're basically t- stuck in this bizarro time warp in this movie, which I don't know how this happened. I mean, we never get an explanation. But then again, if they tried half-assing one, it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, it's, it's better to leave it up to your own imagination. I honestly thought maybe the flux capacitor to the time machine broke up, and then we were never introduced to any time machines. So you yeah. know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, they they ended up in this movie. That's good enough. Yes. So, so the the van pulls up. And of course, um, this time you know, they actually get in. They get inside, and uh, they're introduced to the characters. It's driven by the Kurt, played by yeah. Adam Devine, and uh, Tina, played by Ang- Angela Trimber, is inside yeah. there. And of course, you know, Kurt's quite the dick in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's got some of the best lines. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like how he says, "Are you guys poor people? Because you're <laughs> yeah, dressed kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Are you poor? Are you poor people?" <laughs> yeah. And, and then they, they, they kind of then they kind of give a bitch remark, like, oh, oh, "Oh no! First it was was it? Uh, oh, I think it was Vicky saying." Am I taking fashion tips from you wearing a crop top? Yes. And I love how Tina's character is like, I packed everything. Um, What did she say? Uh, Uh, Bikini. Bikini. Diaphragm. And and you can see see Duncan like mouthing the words. Yeah, because he knows the lines by heart. And he says, because you're going to have sex. And she goes, oh, she thinks she'd be offended. But she goes, oh, my God, how'd you know? <laughs> and he goes, I just, I just, know. Yeah. and then of course we're also introduced to none other than Nancy. Nancy. Yeah, somebody wake up Sleeping Beauty in the back. Yeah, played by uh, that's her cue to pop up. <laughs> you know, played by um, um, a man, played by, by Max's mother, Amanda. Yeah, so, so of course that's like to her, like you know, that's like her seeing her mother again. Right, right, and we get this, you know, kind of like close up reaction shot of, from of Max, and right. and she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually. You know, seeing, seeing you, her yeah. you in know. this fucking movie right. that they're stuck in. And I love when they when Kurt says we're here. Yeah. He drives up, and then the Camp Bloodbath yeah. title pops up. <laughs> like I, I do, I loved, I love the 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 the, 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 the special effects, the graphics with the, that they that they purposely put on the screen. It's yeah, just yeah. awesome. I, lo- I think it would have been funny. Miss Opportunity had it been Camp Bloodbath in 3D, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe a sequel. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. But so they arrive and uh, they introduce all the character. Uh, the, Additional characters.
characters like uh, Blake, played by Torian Thompson, who's actually quite the nice character. He's not a bad, you know. Yeah, like he, all the he, other characters are kind of ditzy and clueless. Yeah, he, he seems but, but to be. I, I love it. He's got the jean shorts. He's yes! rocking the jean shorts with the, the uh, with the suspenders right, right. and that long ear and, and the long earring and 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 the, the afro. Not the what the the. the uh, I don't forget the haircut, but the the afro, you know, cut. The, the afro cut top, yeah, 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 yeah like the eraser top, and he's he's got the big boombox, <laughs> and then she, and she goes, she goes, oh, and she mentions like, oh, bitching, uh, Nancy mentions it to him, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, N- Nancy mentions, oh, bitching something or other, um, like his abs or whatever, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, Blake, he goes. Yeah, rock on, and it's like <laughs> they just walk right walk on. on. Yeah. yeah, so so the so Duncan pretty much you know surmises that uh, yes, we are in the movie, yeah. we are caught in the movie, and of course I love how the other, the other characters are complaining like, how do we get out? How do we get out? And yeah. Like, come on, let's yeah. just sit back in the basket yeah. and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it's like, let's just let's just enjoy, it. let's just watch, and see what happens. Yeah, like at one point he sees one of the the camp counselors go in. And he says, "Well, she's going to go in the woods and pick strawberries." So uh, right on cue. Yeah. Uh, that's when she's going to meet up with Billy, right? Uh, right, and then you, then you see Adam's character, and that's when he. I, that's one of my probably my favorite lines where he's like, "I'm going to go pick strawberries. Anybody want to come help me?" And then uh, Adam's character, uh, Kurt's like, "I won't help you pick strawberries, but I'll help you with, your me- with those melons and my boobs." <laughs> yeah, like he says it, and then he walks by. He looks at, at, at Max and her friends. and goes, "I'm in boobs," you know. <laughs> so and that's the thing I like. You know, Adam Devine is really funny because yeah. he's he gets literally some of the funniest lines. Yeah. He gets he delivers his demeanor pretty well. Yeah. So they they kind of follow um, the the girl and uh, not Kurt because Kurt just goes. Yeah, away. yeah. No, they. they oh, I'm uh, sorry. No, they have to find the keys, right? Yeah, because no, yeah, they want to drive because basically Vic, <laughs> Vicky first tries making the deal here. Like, I want to drive up and, you know, we, we want your keys because we want to drive out of yeah. here. And, uh, of course, Kurt being the, the joggy dick that he is, takes the keys and throws mm-hmm. them out into the woods and says, go get them. Right. <laughs> you can find them. They're yours. <laughs> so, so, of course, they go out into the woods and um, Max and her friends go out there and uh, they see one of the count. Uh, one of the girl counselors go out there and um, you meet up with this other guy. That yeah, comes, the, 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 they, the, they call him the hunky butt hiker. The hunky butt hiker, <laughs> and, and, and and they watch. Yeah, and yeah they're watching from behind, like a, behind a tree. Behind some log. Yeah, behind a log. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> oh, watch this, and, and then her her the, the classic line is, "Where's the beef?" And then. <laughs> He says, "Oh no!" The, the hunky hiker's like, "How do I get to such and such a place?" It's like, "Oh, you can go down that way." It's just, it's, "Oh, you wouldn't have your trouble your way anywhere." And then it's like, "So you want to do it or something like that?" Yeah, and, they just, and of course, Vicky's like, "Wait, isn't she going to get killed? Shouldn't we get up?" And it's like, no, and Duncan's like, "No, no, no." Let's just treat this like we're watching, watching. something out of nature yeah. and just let it. Go. Let's not interfere, <laughs> kind interfere. of thing. Let it play out. So, of course, while. The girl is trying to get her top off. Yeah. Billy shows up with that weird looking mask yeah. that looks like was, Eugene Levy. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it's like it looks like something he took off of like like a piece of tree bark yeah. and just carved in some weird right. face. And, he, and of course, breaks the, the the hiker's you know neck. And then of course she turns around and says like, "Where's, Where's the, the beef?" beef? And, all <laughs> and she gets it. And then he picks her up and like throws her like yeah, yeah, yeah. by the log that they're hiding behind. Right. And what I love about it is when. The kids come out from behind the log, and they're going to run away. Duncan says, no, 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 no. And he tells basically the whole story of what's happening yeah. in the movie. And Billy is standing behind him like he's almost like – like he's kind of moving, but he doesn't like yeah. chase after him. Like like Billy is kind of confused, but standing there like he's in a freeze frame. Right. Like, 
like what's going on. But Duncan explains. And, the yeah, whole he has a theory, you know. Yeah, but he also explains the whole story about what happens because they're just, you know, they're like, well, how's this whole thing gonna? How's this whole thing gonna pan out? And yeah. you know, Duncan says, well, um, yeah, it ends with Paula, the final girl, which is you know obviously yeah. the title shows up. Uh, she's the cool one, and uh, she's the one that eventually ends up killing Billy. Right. And that's you know the end of the movie. Right. And then of course, I, and then of course, Duncan takes his phone and wants to take a selfie. Yeah, he wants to take a selfie. He's like, I was like, I wonder if the if the if the character's blood tastes like corn syrup. It's like, so he goes and he touches. It, he goes, like, oh, oh, oh no, that's the, that's blood. That's the, disgusting. That's, that's blood. The, that's the real thing. But he but he does that, and then he takes takes take a selfie, and the killer and Billy walks up behind him, and you think he's going to get killed. Yeah, and, and then he walks away, and you think, oh, you know, Duncan's right. And then the machete comes flying. And he hits him right in the rib cage <laughs> on the side of the ribs. <laughs> and he falls over dead, and the kids try to escape. Oh. And I love how they try to escape. Yeah, they, they keep running in a circle, like a loop. It's like yeah, a it's loop. like a loop. They keep coming back into it. <laughs> hey, so you guys can come to the slumber party? Hey, you guys come to the slumber party? <laughs> and they're like, they, they pretty much finally understand that they are trapped in this movie. They cannot get out. <laughs> the movie won't allow it. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyways, so now... Uh, Max and her friends are trying to find a way how to survive because now they're essentially part of the movie. And, um, you know, they, they have to remember what Duncan said, you know, basically says in order not to get killed, you don't have sex. Yeah. So maybe try to find a way to make these characters not have sex. Right. And I love that they find um, Tina and they freaking get oven mitts and they just duct tape her all together yeah, so she can't yeah. take off her clothes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Paula, played by Chloe Bridges, the final girl, shows yeah. up. And I love how when she comes by and she says, who are those people? Yeah. And they look through the door and you just see them like, <laughs> like sheepishly like wave their hands yeah. like, hi. And, <laughs> and I love how they always say, oh, well, they're not on the official camp counselor roster. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a mention but of that. But they don't even tell them to yeah. leave. Yeah, they just like... tell them to stay. <laughs> but my, one of my favorite parts is that after Duncan supposedly has passed away and Paul's come and they're getting ready to have like the slumber party. They're all sitting around in a circle singing Kumbaya or Michael yeah. Rowe, the boat ashore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I love for their look on their faces. Like, and I think even Vicky, the Vicky character is like, what is wrong with these people? Are, are they brain dead? No, they're going to die. <laughs> Something like that. But So they decide to try to split up with the varying characters right, try and try to... to make sure that they don't have sex. Right. So like, uh, 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 Gertie Nick, goes off with uh, Blake. Uh, Blake and then uh, uh, Tina – I mean uh, was it uh, – I'm sorry. Vicky takes uh, Paula and right. Max takes her mother or takes uh, Nancy. Yeah, and then of course uh, Chris uh, goes with um, uh, uh, Kurt. Kurt. And there's a funny exchange between <laughs> them where Kurt's reading a Playboy magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's talking about the bush. I love that. He mentions something about it. He goes, I like that bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then like uh, – uh, and he was trying to like Chris mentioned something about well you know I have two dads or whatever yeah. and, and of course oh oh, he's, oh he's, but he mentioned something about keeping his his dick in his pants and, yeah yeah, you know, yeah or some more usual and, 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 oh yeah and then of course Kurt in, in, in the classic sense of political incorrectness yeah. says to says to him what are you a fag or yeah. something like that and yeah. he goes well my two dads are gay yeah. and then Kurt goes well. Two dads can't marry and have a kid. Yeah. They, they Two gay out. guys can't get married. Yeah, yeah. He said they, they spend most of the time going out to disco, disco parties and having sex with other men. And then he goes – and then Kirk goes like very like – What like kind a, of whispers under the breath of like, That's a pretty sweet thing. Yeah, it's he's like a pretty, pretty cool lifestyle. Idea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he – but then Kurt at one point is tra- telling him, you know, hey, how about that Max girl? Yeah. You know, if you're not bench pressing with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> Chris – 
pulls him yeah. down and yeah. holds him by his neck yeah. and says, "Listen, brah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna bench press anything this weekend." <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, so they're trying their best to not. And of course, um, Max is like talking to um, Nancy. Nancy. Who you know basically is his mother, but you know she has to understand that that's you know her mother playing yeah, a, a character, character now, in a and, film. and obviously yeah. all the characters do not know they're in a horror movie. Yeah, they and don't. They, yeah, they, they don't. They, they don't. They, they think this is their reality. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's written that way. Yeah, they oh, yeah. can't go off script. Yeah. There's so, no ad libbing. <laughs> yeah, none of that in this movie. Of course, these uh, these new characters are ad libbing, but <laughs> so basically, um, when they realize that uh, no, they're all going to get killed, mm-hmm. and of course. You know, all the characters in the movie panic. Right. Like at one point, Kurt and, uh, and Paula, Paula take off take off in the car, which all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Duncan shows up. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. <laughs> and then, of course, they crash into Duncan. And, of course, the, the car explodes. Well, and everything. well they, they run over. They, 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 they hit Duncan and they keep going and they run into a totem pole. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Kurt is ejected out of the out of the car and breaks his back and it's pretty disgusting. And then, then you see they're like, "Paul, stay there, don't do anything." And you're okay, Paul. And the car explodes. Yeah. Then. And of course, because of Paula's death, because Paula is the one that's supposed to kill Billy, uh, Billy Murphy. Yeah, they need a new final <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was dis- who? Billy Murphy, by the way, was disfigured in a, uh, a horrible firecracker accident <laughs> in, in 19- an outhouse in an outhouse in 1957. <laughs> and I it just and I love. Are we going to talk about are we to the point where we're talking about the flashback? Yeah, yeah let's talk about the flashback. For I, I, I love when they go, do the flashback, and then all of a sudden, you because you hear Nancy narrating, and, yeah. you, and, and then the the, uh, the main characters that got sucked into the film, they go immediately go back, but they're in black and white. Yeah, yeah. And Gertie has the stuff like, oh my god, am I having a stroke? Why am I? Why is there, <laughs> there is no color? <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and she's like, it's a flashback, Gertie. And then, <laughs> and then you see the car coming down, and you see the, the 1957 scroll across the screen. And then you see the car slam into and knock over the oh, numbers. Yeah. So that happens in the la- next flashback because yeah. because there's a moment in there. Oh, okay, but but no, I love how they also play that, that lollipop, lollipop. lollipop. So yeah. to, to to signify it, this is the 50s. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I love how it, it's it's Billy's in the bathroom again. Yeah, poor little Billy gets goes into the outhouse to escape the, the being. Tw- Bullied, bullied, and they take these firecrackers and throw them. In we know s- how to get them out of there. <laughs> Why did I like it? We know how to get them out of there. Why don't you just go get like an like a crowbar and pry that door open? <laughs> oh. But these kids, they never learn. Yeah. So, so anyway, basically now it's up to you know Max and uh, right. her 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 friends to basically try to find a way to kill Billy so they don't get killed. So right. what's what's the plan? What's the plan? What do they do? Uh, they, they have to find a final girl to, to do the killing. Yeah, and of course it ends up being Max because yeah. they, well, at first they think it's going to be Gertie. But then she says, yeah, she, no, she I, had, I – She had sex in the last summer or whatever. Yeah, with some kids. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and Nina's like – and Nina was the first one no, – I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Nina Dobri. Vicky Summers is the first one to, to volunteer saying she'll be the final girl. And they're like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically – uh, so, that, but they have to lure Billy, and right. of course, how, what's the key component to lure the psycho killer? You need to have a party. You need that with, party, and they need to be a striptease and sex going on. Yes. So, so, they, <laughs> so uh, actually, it's Chris comes up with a plan, and they uh, get all the stuff they can get, like um, bows and arrows, um, 
make Molotov cocktails, bear traps. I don't know why the hell you'd have a bear trap at a camp, but um, <laughs> hey, anyway, it's, um, it's it's a it's 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 an 80s slasher yeah. movie. You need, uh, you need weapons of some kind, maybe. <laughs> uh, and so that, so they're accumulating all the, all, all this all this weaponry and coming up with this huge you know plan on a chalkboard and doing all this stuff. And they but the the vital component is to have Tina do her striptease now. Throughout this film, since I don't know, uh, since we've been no, in, uh, introduced to Tina, she's been pretty much ra- wrapped up in, in. They've kept her uh, tied up with all this duct tape. And, yeah, yeah, um, duct tape on her uh, uh, mitten, on her hands uh, with and oven mittens and all this different things. Like a like a life preserver. Yeah, over yeah, her yeah. Chest. <laughs> yeah, so she can't take off her clothes. Um, but, but before we do that, there is some there's some really funny parts where she's trying to play a tape and she picks up one of the kids' iPhones. And she's like, yeah. I can't get this thing to play. <laughs> there's no holes there's in no it. There's no holes in it. How do you play music? <laughs> <laughs> and you think that these you know, you'd think that, that Vicky would understand no, that you have to understand that uh, you know, this is the eighties. Right. Because at one point she's like, There's no signal. Yeah. They're trying to call yeah. on the cell phone. There's no, <laughs> what is there's that? no phone signal. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then she makes the comment, Oh uh, oh, and then Tina finds uh Vicky's Adderall pills. And she's like, oh, yeah. no. She, it's like talking to like a little dog or a little child. No, you don't touch these. They're not for you. But unfortunately, <laughs> Tina gets into Tina the Adderall. Tina does get into the Adderall and she's completely <laughs> wired. She ate the entire bottle. No, they ask her, how many did you take? Uh, three? Or was it seven? Seven? Ten. No, it was ten. <laughs> ten. So, like she's just like blurting out numbers. <laughs> and, and they all go higher. <laughs> so um, anyway, so the, the plan comes together to lure Billy to the house or uh, to, to, yeah, to the house. And, um, you know, they, un- they unleash Tina. And I think Chris even turns to Tina and says, OK, unleash the beast. And then, of course, Tina Q. Tina does strip tease. Yeah. Q, probably the best strip uh, so, uh, the striptease song that ever played in strip clubs yes. since the beginning of the 80s, Cherry Pie by Warren. <laughs> and, and it's awesome. And then, you know, and she's doing it and, and she's doing her thing. And, she and, does, it, and it's, it's awesome. And she does rip her top off. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. But I, I will dock this movie a point for not allowing the show yeah, nudity. No, no tatas. Yeah, this, that's disappointing. Uh, that's one point dock. So, so. <laughs> So Billy comes out out of the out of the mist, yeah. out, out of the out of the out of the out of the, uh, the, the the forest, and Tina gets freaked and she turns and trips and her head lands in the bear trap, which is just oh my god! It's like poor Tina, she's out. Yeah. So, so now they, they got to kind of revamp the whole plan and why. While Billy Murphy's coming to the house and they're grabbing the bows and arrows, the Molotov cocktails, everything they can get their hands on, and. Nothing can stop him because I think the final girl's got to what use Billy's blade, use his hatchet or machete. Yeah, the kill. To, that's the only way. Well, you that's kill the him. way how they did it according the to the to the movie. Yeah. So of course, um, so what happens after? So what happens afterwards is Billy shows up. Yeah. Um, and Tina's already gone. Right. Tina's gone. Um, Blake ends up getting killed. Yes. Which is I have to admit, kind of sad because yeah, he was he was really, just starting to kind of hook up with Gertie. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and then and, and then Gertie and, uh, and Vicky and, get caught. Yeah, and they get caught because they're because they're in, in in one of the bedrooms um, right. because they're trying to pull down a um, a device. Well, they had they have rigged in one of the bedrooms a uh, a bucket of gas, right. I believe. Right, and uh, they shoot uh, Air, Billy with one of the arrows, flaming arrows. Flaming yeah. arrows. So of course, you know, it's a, basically Chris, um, Max, and um, uh, Nancy. Nancy are going to jump out the window, and of course, uh, Vicky's character basically tells them to go yeah. because we're yeah, they're, tra- and they, they're, they're, they're trapped under both her and Gertie right. are trapped under a book bookcase. Right. So 
once Billy walks in lit on fire, they pull the, the, the Cord, string. But it doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen right away. So eventually. Um, Billy kills Gertie um, by you know stabbing her through the bookcase. Mm-hmm. And then Nina is able to finally get it to work. But she's immediately stabbed and killed right away. Right. And explosions, and you get this yeah, awesome yeah. 80 cheesy slow motion. Yeah, and I love it too because they fly out in slow motion, they land, and of course, Billy flies out too. Yeah. And of course, Max, Chris, and um, Nancy try to run, but they're running in slow motion. Right. And at one point, one of them goes, What's going on? And one goes, what? Slow motion shots. <laughs> yeah. Like they can't run because they're. Because that's how the movie is designed right. in that scene is to be in slow motion. Right. And 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 then then Chris comes with the idea. Quick, Nancy, tell the tell another flash, tell, tell another story, tell a flashback sequence, yeah. another story about Billy. And then that's how they're able to, I think, get out of the slow motion. Right. Um, and then eventually there, and that's the scene where. Well, they're back in the flashback, and then the car yeah. pulls up and hits it's, that. Hits the number, yeah. Hits, hit, the, hits, the, hits, hits the title the, card like summer of 1957, yeah, yeah. like a bunch Boom. of building blocks. <laughs> right, and then you, we find out that after – there's a little bit more to the story. After uh, Billy runs out of the Wout house, you know, it's it covered in, in pain, pain with uh, the firecrackers gone off. Yeah. He keeps running through the forest, and I think there's even a mention like we've never gone this far before or something yeah. like that. We don't know this part of the camp because right. he takes off and apparently – he goes like underground or is, is hidden and he, he hides out and he um, – He hides out – well, at first he hides there, out in this abandoned house. Yeah, but the, the doctor – I think they mentioned the doctors. Were there doctors or something like yeah, that? Yeah, there was a hospital scene. Where he, where he was uh, covered you know, in bandages but he came back and yeah. like two years but later. The, but the, that helps because that gives them an idea where Billy is probably going to be. Be held up. Because like they said, it's like we never remembered this part. So, right. So. And, and she continues a story saying that Billy comes back to the camp like I think what, two years later? After he's after he's been kind of healed, yeah, yeah, like and then he kills all years. the camp counselors that were right, involved right. with it, and then that's where we that and then they get sucked back into the you know present, right? So then, so what happens afterwards is that they try hiding out in the, um, I believe at one point they were trying to hide out in the church, yeah, and um, you know uh, Chris unfortunately gets killed. I, I, I mean I, I mean I'm trying sorry folks yeah. it's kind of all over the place yeah anyways. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Chris is dying. Chris he's, is dying. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris is dying, but we, yeah. we, we feel that he is pretty much close to that moment. Right, right. Um, so I'm sorry. Yes, no, he yeah, didn't he, die. He, no, yeah, he didn't he's, die. he's telling her that they, they've got to go – he's got to go get Nancy. Right. And um, – and, and kill Billy right. because she, he, he's the new final girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's reluctant to do it at first, but then she ends up doing it anyway. Right, right. And she has this uh, – then they cut to this wide scene where she's crossing this field and it's got like Yeah, this, and that was a cool gr- shot. Yeah, I great, love that. great like electrical storm happening and it's just very right. eerie. Really cool stuff. Um, finds Nancy, re- rescues Nancy, brings Nancy back to the church. Mm-hmm. Nancy's like, you know what? I, I've already, you know, I've done. Th- th- this is where the big reveal comes in. Where Na- Nancy like reve- understands that this is where her fate right. is, and, and her but, fate but, is to die but, in the movie. And Max and Nancy are talking back and forth, and um, she's like, you know, you're not just a character in a movie. You're my, you're my mom. Right. And because she mentions in a previous scene when they're setting up the the, the trap for Billy at the house, um, you know how she wants to get out. She wants to get out. She wants to, you know. Um, Go to the malls and you know graduate college, find a guy, have a yeah. baby, maybe a girl. It's actually kind of funny how like, she describes it. She's yeah, like, I want to go to the mall. Like she's like, "What is that?" Yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah, we buy everything online. Buy everything, everything, no, I buy everything yeah. online. Like, what is that? Oh, you want to understand? No, I want to buy everything yeah, yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. Like so, that's what I want to yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> there are these 
multiple tender moments in this movie, um, and uh, this is one of them. And so basically going back to where they're at the church, and she's like, I've already outlived how far I thought I'd come. You know, yeah. I need to do this. You know, no hard feelings. I want to help. Um, this is my it's my time kind of thing. And so she goes out there and uh, meets Billy in the field. Um, then and then Max picks up the the, the machete, and it's her turn to mm-hmm. to take on Billy. And then um, after Billy kills um, Nancy, we get the final showdown between Max and Billy. So let's go from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, Max finally exterminates. Good old Billy, mm-hmm. and then of course, <laughs> hilarious touch. Yeah. As soon as she kills him, yeah. and of course Chris, like I said, I thought, yeah, yeah, Chris isn't dead, yeah, 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 he, he isn't he, dead, he, but he, didn't, he doesn't die at all. I yeah. thought he did for a moment there, but no, he comes out and Nate and Max and him embrace, yeah, and then they look over to the sky and they see the film's credits yeah, yeah. popping up. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's continuing to roll and roll, and then all of a sudden it goes, it goes to a blue screen, it goes rated R, yeah, and then yeah, a blue yeah. screen, and then. And then nothing, and the like white light or whatever. It well, is. you hear the sound of the, the projector, the, the projector like whirling the film back, yeah. and then all of a sudden the, the image turns bright, yeah. and then we cut to uh, uh, Max waking up in the hospital. Right, and it turns out her friends are still alive. Yes, they're all in the hospital. But of course, Max asks, "Wow, did 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 we all experience the same thing?" And of course, Duncan says, "Yeah, of course yeah. we did." And he pulls up his sleeve. <laughs> and he's got this big stitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, yep, that's a machete scar, which, by the way, is poorly stitched, he says, by one of the doctors. <laughs> he didn't give me a tetanus shot. <laughs> so they're kind of talking and everything, and then they they realize for a moment that something's not quite right because they hear, no. They, for, well, first they open the door. To, they open to, the, the door, yeah. And, they, yeah, and yeah. They, see, they see the – it's kind of it's in the hospital, and they see a, a doctor – you know, nuzzling with a nurse, and it, yeah. it looks very weird. Yeah, and then they're like, "Wait a minute!" And then, but no, but they do hear that, yeah. and then they look over, and then they see a Rubik's cube, um, tab, a can of tab, and a gizmo from Gremlins. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's right. And that's they right. realize they're still stuck, stuck in the eighties, yeah. and as it turns out, they're stuck in Camp Bloodbath Two. <laughs> and, and and I love how. Duncan's character is like, oh, this is better than the first movie. And then Max just quickly grabs the fucking IV pole and just goes after Billy, who crashes through the window, the the glass doors, and then it cuts to the credits and it's the end. Which I gotta say, if they do a sequel to this, it better be in, it better involve I, Camp Bloodbath too. I, I, I think the the writers and and the director Todd will will definitely. Uh, Give it a loving, uh, I, but you, you know, sequel out to this. But you know what? I really kind of wanted to know what happened to them in a sense. I mean, yeah. did they die and are they stuck are, in like some parallel universe? Right. Or what? Yeah. Because they, they do mention that about heaven. I'm like, well, I mean, that would make sense. But or maybe they're just trapped in purgatory. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, or would it be would it be all in Chris, uh, you know Max's head? Yeah. You know, maybe she's the only one that survived and she's maybe in a coma or something like that from the from the. From the uh, fire, but it, but it's so. But I mean, I love how. I mean, like I said, it doesn't really warrant an explanation because if it if it did have one, it would just be so half-assed. I think. But I mean, I just love how they go through that screen and they just somehow end up in this movie. Oh yeah, and it's so amusing. I love how everybody plays off on it. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely. Oh, man, it's it's it, it was it was a it was a surprise. It was, it yeah, was a I pleasant surprise. I didn't expect it either. Yeah. So. But now this isn't a slam against the film at all, but. 
it's just a tiny nit- nitpick. I mentioned it before, and I was hoping it to be a little bit funnier because but I did like the dramatic punches the film landed. I was hoping for it to be a little more cheesy than this, but overall, I really thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I can't really say anything bad about it other than maybe a little more comedy. But then I figured, then I was like, well, maybe if you think about it, if they maybe did too much comedy, then it would take away from yeah, you know, this the, movie's the, not the tra- dramatic elements. Yeah, this movie's not trying to be like scary movie. Yeah. I mean, oh, no, I, was, I believe me. Uh, I no, no, I no, no, I, I agree. But what I like about it is that it, it is funny, but it, it does have its moments of, you know, like nice serious drama right. added to it. And everybody does a pretty good job yeah. in this movie. I did like uh, Adam Devine as the yeah, – as, as Kurt. As, as Kurt. He was pretty funny. And, uh, uh, and his, his famous line is like, oh, where Duncan says to Kurt, oh, show me, give me a zinger. He goes, go suck a turd. He goes, oh, the writing is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Thomas Middleditch is pretty fu- – as funny as, as, as Duncan, the stepbrother yeah. movie fan who, uh, yeah. you know, he just knows this movie by heart. And his explanations are like yeah, – and, and that's the thing I like about it too. It does play up on the whole, you know – stereotypical aspect of what the, the the 80s slasher film is you know he says like you know he says that these kids are just going to have sex and die that's just yeah. what it is and he says yeah. and you know and, and of course they have to surmise that idea like well we got to make sure they don't have sex so we don't die you know right. it's but um you know it's again and, it, it plays up on all those fun right. elements and and there was even get back to dramatic uh, moments too there was even a, a, a scene where the three girls are talking, um, um, Max, um, Gertie, and um, Vicky. And we find out why Vicky is, was so mean to both of them. Yeah. Uh, because but prior to uh, the accident when, when um, Amanda was killed, um, Max, and her, Max and Vicky were best friends. And, yeah, and, and was... she became distant and didn't want to talk and hang out with her anymore. And mm-hmm. um, then she found Gertie, and then that's you know. And then she's like, "Well, she used that as you know her, a fuel to be a bitch to them." Yeah, yeah. And then we find out that Gertie did some uh, bad practical jokes on, on on Vicky as well. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it, basically, what they're doing is they're making they're tr- Vicky and, and Gertie are trying to make amends for right. everything. But it's kind of funny too because it seems very unlikely on on that. I mean, if you look at it through this movie, the scope right. of this movie, it seems very unlikely that the the, the, the ditzy um, Vicky would even be friends with Max in one sense right. because the way how she acts throughout the beginning of the movie. Right. Well, and then, you know, I, I don't know. People change over the years. I mean. Yeah, uh, that's true. So. But um, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Yeah, I, I it's fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Me too. Um, and I, I'll just say this. Both Tucker and Dale vs. Evil and The Final Girls have – you know, obviously horror comedies, but in my mind, they have a lot of dramatic punch to it. They have a lot of like heart and soul that even the films that they're parroting don't even have. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I find out the most about it is that, you know, you actually care about these characters and it's like, you know, most slasher movies, they're there. They're just there for, you know, human fodder. Well, and that too, like you kind of do, like in the case of Final Girls with, you know, the whole concept of Camp Bloodbath is right. that you know you know that those characters are just not not you don't hate them but you know they're not like well drawn out right. characters and they don't need to be because they're not going to yeah. be on screen that long it's, yeah and of course you, you, the sympathy that you have for them is very minimal right. but when um, Max and her friends end up in this movie and of course everything starts going off script right. you know we end up liking uh, those '80s characters, yeah. in a sense, because you know they're they're given a little bit of an opportunity to be more than just the fodder, right? At least in some of them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, obviously Nancy gets a big chunk of that. Tina, to a certain degree, yeah. um, not uh, so much Kurt, because yeah, Kurt, yeah. Kurt kind of bites it in the well, beginning. Well, yeah, and of course Paula 
played by Chloe Bridges doesn't even get a chance to even like yeah. have have much of a, much scenes yeah, she, in these movies. I, I, I think she has about like eight lines in the entire yeah, movie. Yeah. I mean, she comes in and and uh, uh, Nina uh, talks to her about trying to like, you know, she's bringing the booze. She's getting ready for the party, and she's like. We should get. Where do we keep all the like the the machetes and the you know hatchets yeah. and stuff like that? She goes, what are you talking about? We're just as booze for the party, you know. I got this from my uncle's liquor cabinet or my uncle's store, or whatever. Blah blah blah. And it's and, and then you know about two minutes later, her and Kurt get in the car and yeah. that's it. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, well, but that's what I love about it too is that the whole thing literally just goes off script and it's yeah. like you know out of left field in so right. many parts. And, and also that it, it throws off Billy's you know timeline too. Yeah, you know, so he's you know. Oh, now, I'm sure Billy. Was was just confused about the whole thing. <laughs> you know, like, what's going on? I'm the only one yeah. sticking to the script. <laughs> Selfie! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I recommend this, too. Yeah. It is very... I mean, it's not an out-and-out comedy, but it is no. very humorous, and yeah. it also has serious moments, too. Actually, I will say, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil and Final, The Final Girls uh, makes a great double feature. So oh, yeah. Take your date. <laughs> yeah, uh, Netflix and chill, young, yes, young yes. ones. <laughs> But anyway, so I've got about 12 fun facts before we put Ooh. The Final Girls to rest. Hopefully, we'll get a, like we said, we'll get a sequel. But uh, 12 fun facts for Final Girls. The running time of Camp Bloodbath is 92 minutes, the same length as The Final Girls. Oh. <laughs> a- Angelina uh, Timber, I believe that's how you pronounce her name, improvised her entire dance sequence. She slammed, dance, she sl- slammed energy drinks to get into character and worked herself up into a frantic – worked herself up for the frantic dance. So she didn't – Eat any Adderall? <laughs> no, just, just some Red Bull, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, the film was co- co- conceived and co-written by Josh, Joshua John Miller as a way of dealing with the death of his dad, Jason Miller, who starred in starred as Kevin Caracas in The Exorcist from 1973. Oh, yeah, okay. Wow. So, and I believe uh, this is the same Jason Joshua John Miller that was also in um, Near Dark. He played uh, the, the the young boy. Oh, oh, the young oh, boy vampire, the, the young kid. Yeah. Oh, okay, wow. Um, who's gone on to do other movies and television. Um, oh, in the original script, the kids uh, begin to undergo physical and psychological transformations after they enter the film. Now, the girls' waistlines were to shrink and their breasts were to be ballooned. <laughs> and and Gertie was so Gertie was supposed to be so enamored with her newfound beauty that she tried to sabotage her friends to ensure that they could never leave the movie. Uh, I would have liked would, to see that. I would like to see that. that was an interesting concept. Yeah. <laughs> now, the uh, script was originally optioned by New Line Cinema. But the studio wanted to Ill- eliminate all the deep character moments in the mother and daughter plot. Boo! Eventually, it Come ended on, up new line. Eventually, it wound up being produced by Sony, a studio that liked the emotional core, but decided to tone down the slasher movie aspects to attain the, P- attain the PG-13 rating. Mm. Which I think, you know, it kind of works. Yeah, it kind of works. I mean, I'm not going to bad again. I'm not going to bad mouth it. I enjoyed it. Um, the writer, the writers modeled Nancy after Amy Steele's character from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two from 1981. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the director spent several days hopped up on Adderall while working on the script, ah! which is why the, how the drug made its way into the story. Oh, God. Um, in the original version of the script, Billy Murphy was named Hatchet Face. <laughs> uh, oh, many of the scenes were shot in order. However, the real world scenes which opened the film were shot at the very end of production after the cast had ample time to bond to help ensure the audience would believe the relationships as char- mm. of, of their characters, which is kind of a cool thing. Um, oh, the song the camp counselors play after the first murder is Michael, roll your boat ashore. The same song the counselors are playing in the pre-credit sequence in the original Friday the 13th. They also wear similar yellow shirts. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, and fine. Oh, uh, oh, 
Belinda Carlisle's 1987 song, Heaven is a Place on Earth, came close to being chosen for the movie, but ultimately they went with 1981's Kim Carnes' hit, Betty Davis' Eyes. Hmm. Although they used an early demo of the version of the song, but not the one that became the worldwide hit. And also another interesting tidbit to that is that the directors uh, uh, really wanted Madonna's song um, and wrote her a letter – Wanting to use living, uh, living on a, living on a prayer, yeah, or live, live. I think it's living on a prayer. Anyway, I think yeah, or living, living or live on a prayer. Live on. I guess yeah, I, on I'm, I'm getting in between that and Bon Jovi. I think it's live, live on a prayer. Anyway, she, uh, they wanted to use the song. Madonna responded back to them saying they could use any song in, in her catalog except for that one song because she does not like option that song out for you know. For use, really, yeah. Just she, yeah. She responded. She was very nice to them. Said, you know, you can use any other song in my catalog, just but not no, that one. I wonder why. Don't know. Oh, um, Mimi asked the hunky hiker, "Where's the beef?" Which this was a catchphrase from the infamous commercial from Wendy's fast food chain, which was endlessly lampooned and referenced since the commercial's debut in 1984. So that's all I've got for Final Girls. There was like about 40 fun facts, but I had to really whittle it down. <laughs> um, so. I hope if you enjoy it, you can look it up yourself. <laughs> but uh, Chris, do you have anything else? No, I I I recommend Final Girls. I thought it was really good. I I, I also recommend Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I thought that's good as well. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't disappointed with any yeah. one of these two films. So. Yeah. So go check them out. Both thumbs up for me and Chris for Tucker and Dale from two thousand Tucker and Dale versus Evil from two thousand ten and the Final Girls from two thousand fifteen. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to our horror comedy episode, and we hope you will join us next month for our episode entitled That April Fool's Day Episode. Chris, why don't you let our dear listeners uh, know what films we'll be reviewing for that show? Oh, yes. Well, the two films we'll be talking about will be uh, April Fool's Day. Which one? There's three different versions. Oh, there's three different versions. That's right. Oh, well, it's the one from the 80s, so I'll do that one. As well as Slaughter High, also from the 80s. We think these two films would make a fantastic April Fool's Day uh, episode. So we hope you will enjoy that. Uh, Just a couple of quick announcements. That Horror Show podcast is now on Twitter. You can follow our show at THSP at That Horror Show 1. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can to at, you can at our official Facebook page at facebook.com backslash that horror show podcast. You could also email us at that horror show podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you for listening, and we hope to uh, see you next month. Good night. Have a good one, guys. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. Thanks for listening. Oh, son of a bitch, 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 son of a